This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello out there, disaster divas, and welcome back to the Disaster Girls podcast. We have a bit of a change up this week. Uh, We teased it before. Amanda is missing her first ever Disaster Girls episode because the world is opening back up and people have business commitments sometimes to take them across the country. But that means we have a guest host for the day. Guest host, tell them who you are. Hi, I'm Amanda, and I will be joining you today. (laughs) Hi, I'm Sam Weinman, and I am your second Disaster Girl today. You are, and it's so funny doing this introduction and not having it be Austerion. Friend, I'm so stoked. I love, (laughs) listen, I had a great time talking King Kong and and Top Godzilla with you. (laughs) I cannot wait to discuss these sea monkeys. I have heard your voice in my head so many times since that recording saying <laughs> saying about Godzilla, he's a top having a bad day. We've all been there. <laughs> all tops have been there. Yeah, it's you've you had a bad no. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't even like that song, but I do love Godzilla. Yes. And in some ways, we love Army of the Dead, and in some ways we don't. Listen. <laughs> if you're at home right now and you're like are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to explain to you that I want to celebrate something like yeah. this so much. I had such a blast. Yeah. Holy shit, this shit the bad. I- but I <laughs> loved it. <laughs> and I like, I, it's, it's such a, cause these were, this was my first movie returning to a theater was this. Yes. It was with you yes. and a group of people. And it was like, oh, movies in a theater with friends. I will go no matter what it is. I doesn't matter. I and and like there's such a the with this movie, I would rather have only I would rather have not paid more than the price of my Netflix subscription to see it. But I also would not rather have just watched it in my house alone and streamed it. The way to watch it is on a large screen with a group of friends if you can, because we were hollering at this movie the entire time, and I had a blast. Well, okay, two things about that. Because one, it wasn't the entire time. And I think that's important to know because I will bring this back. There is a moment where the audience turned on this movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is what I missed about the theater going Mm -hmm. experience personally. Because, you know, everybody knows what it's like to be sitting there watching something. You're like, wow, this is pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, wait, oh, no. And then (laughs) around you, you feel the energy change. You do. You start to hear people shift in their seats. You can hear your neighbor's popcorn. And then you hear the groans or the laughs at things that you're not supposed to. And then that's when it happens. The audience all together decides we are turning on this movie and we are going to have a blast. And we're going to have a blast. And that's my favorite thing about going to the theater, honestly. And uh, it's why The Roommate exists as one of my favorite theater going experiences of all time. The The most dramatic collective turn on a movie I've ever witnessed in real time was The Roommate in theaters. And it was incredible. Which brings me to my number two point, which is if you are at home and you are like, fuck, I can't see this in a theater mm-hmm. now because like we missed the boat. Listen, it's fine because that's what you and I are here for, Jordan. Yes. We are going to be your audience turning on this movie <laughs> and also celebrating <laughs> the zombie tiger of it all because there is so much here and this is going to give you that experience. Yeah. And so much here and so little of it. 
brought to fruition. Yes. Oh my God. So many <laughs> seeds, so many promising so seeds many were planted. And then there was a drought and the harvest never came through. Oh, and literally though, right? Yeah, yeah. The drought, the <laughs> drought was never alleviated in a way that was teased at the start of this movie that would have given us such a fascinating additional zombie element didn't happen. But what like what it's important to know is that this movie starts with its cold open is a musical slow motion gut blood and guts bonanza of watching Las Vegas be taken by Snyder zombies. And it's fun because it's Richard Cheese. He's back. Zack Snyder was like, did you like the uh, Down with the Sickness cover of Richard <laughs> Cheese in 2004's Dawn of the Dead? We're going to give that to you and it's going to be longer. And guess what? In the third verse, we're going to have another singer come in and join her or him. <laughs> She's in there. It's like this song never ends. Never so ends. Eight, eight and a half minutes later, we have the beginning of the movie. But you know what? It was fun. <laughs> and of course, like it, it, it's interesting because they're... Zack Snyder is an empathetic filmmaker. He is a filmmaker with his eye on. And I keep hearing on Twitter this week about like Zack Snyder is like the blockbuster filmmaker with the most going on in his head that we don't talk about. Like, you know, he's up there with he's up there with Nolan. He's up there with, you know, uh, Denis Villeneuve. But if that I'm not going to say it's not true, but I'm going to say if it is, I wish he could cogently put it on a fucking screen. Here's the thing. If it's true. I think he did put it on the screen. I think we watched it. Listen, just because he has a lot going on in there doesn't mean it's, it, we all need to hear it. Right. I mean, that's like, there are so many, there are so many, and much like, like, I don't like his DC movies. I see that they're taking swings. I see that they're putting concepts out there about like the nature of heroism in America. That we, I see that there are these attempts made and I see that there are these attempts made in Army of the Dead, but there's this like really paternalistic way that he seems to view everything where it's like, hey, like my version version of allyship is putting a bunch of women in this movie yes and then they're, they're not just gonna die we're gonna fridge every fucking one of them for the story jordan that is so well i'm sorry but i was like trying to think of what it is that bothers me it is that you you put your that is that is it it's like his version of allyship is this we do get the adjustment and here's here's what made the adjustment so like noticeable to mm -hmm. me but it's like before getting into this i was like I'm going to revisit 2004 Dawn of the Dead. Mm -hmm. That was like my favorite movie when it came and out. And it is widely, it is that, it is that Zack Snyder movie that comes up. That's kind of like, oh, but that, remember Dawn of the Dead, you guys, like this might be his best movie. It is a Zack um, Snyder that comes up like, don't forget about this one. It's maybe his best movie. But guess what? Everybody forgot about that one because you go back and watch it and you're like, wait, what? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, here's the thing though. I mean, it's, it's Zack Snyder. So it's like halfway through, it starts out really strong. And then halfway through, it's like, am I still watching this? Yeah. And I think that's like a lot of his films, I right? Do, I agree. Because he makes long, that, he also makes long movies. Yeah. He makes yeah. long and, and fucking I, movies. I will say the whole his version of allyship thing, you see the way he handles um, topics of race in 2004, mm -hmm. for example. And you're like, oh, okay, so this is the white man's version of this. This is that perspective. Mm -hmm. on on what being an ally is mm -hmm. seriously yeah but then you get to the queer stuff in dawn of the dead and it's like whoa yeah i didn't know this was homophobic five mm -hmm. times <laughs> yeah it just kept getting yeah. worse yeah it was like wow but the interesting thing about the aughts and you and i have discussed this before is that the mm -hmm. homophobia at the time was so normalized i didn't even notice it then of course you yeah. know it's no, like it, it's it's amazing everything mm -hmm. i'm not zach snyder's not a homophobe or maybe nope. he is i don't know him but like you know what 2004 was a homophobe. 2004 <laughs> so, was a fucking homophobe. And so it was, it we was, get to Dawn. It, yeah, continue. Oh, I just think we get to Army of the Dead, and I'm like, uh oh, well, Teague's in this. So 
maybe, maybe this is going to be better. Because <laughs> I see, I see in Zack Snyder, somebody who is making efforts where others of his level of budget and blockbuster yes. are not. I do see, yes. I see that like, no, we're going to make a better fucking attempt. Like this is going to be a cast of just, it's not just going to be a cast of white folks. We're going to like evenly balance out this team pretty close to being yes. male and female, but we're also going to do the thing where a primary conflict between his father and his daughter is him going to be telling her of his dead wife. You look just like her and I couldn't handle it. Like how many times, like this <sighs> very paternal and like, again, this is a movie where, as the logline says, like there's all these, uh, you know, neon lit character posters. And the logline is very cheekily, don't get attached. Like letting you know, guys, this is going to be a fucking bloodbath. No, no life is precious. Anybody's on the chopping block. I get it. This is an equal opportunity. Probably everyone's going to die movie. But the way that the women die That's every it. time is to motivate a man to take another action or to like spiral into like rage vengeance mode. So like I see the efforts he's making. I see him him making these pushes and these and I'm honestly not expecting more I'm not like oh I can't believe you let me down again like no this is a budget operating level where at this level of blockbuster this is the level of adeptness this is what we're doing and representation that I honestly expect but this notion that he is somehow a that he is somehow so much more challenging in his auteurism I think is quite yes. funny when he the it's a muddled perception of what these steps forward are at best, even if they are steps forward being made. Well, okay. So speaking of don't, don't get attached. I mean, he's not going to let you because here's the thing. Right. His writing is not going <laughs> to fulfill that promise with the leads, but no. you will get attached to people who you just met yes. and go real fast. I do. So I that's did, did happen. what I can't wait to talk about. Yeah. So yes, I will. I will. I guess I suppose what this movie is about is, uh, you know, when you watch a trailer, it's like, why is this a heist movie in the zombie apocalypse? What do they need money yep. for? Oh, actually, they were able to contain the infection, spe infection specifically to Las Vegas. So Las Vegas has been hermetically sealed off after this zombie outbreak, and there is a, a plan has emerged. They've been like, it's this kind of separate nation state unto itself with a refugee camp attached to it where people who have evacuated Vegas who are like, like people are afraid that they are infected. They're somehow tainted probably. And that's probably why they can't intermix with the rest of the U.S. population. Um, the government is going to nuke the site with a precision strike to just vaporize zombie Vegas. Well, before that happens, a very rich billionaire guy is like, I want to break into a casino and smuggle out $200 million before the city gets vaporized. I need a tactical team to go in and do that. So they recruit from a bunch of soldiers who had like, you know, a soul, an army that fashioned itself to escape Vegas the first time and be like, you guys got out of Vegas the first time. We need you to go back in and get this money and get out of Vegas again. And that is where we start introducing our ensemble of heroes led by Dave Batista's character, who is hilariously just named Scott Ward. White, white. You, what, what is this? What is Scott Ward? I, Scott Ward is something you have removed from a doctor. Okay, like this Scott is. Scott Ward! <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's what it I love about your name, description. It would if his name was just Drax. Like somebody the size and scope of Dave Batista, just fucking call him Drax again. I like Drax. Yeah, Drax is great. Um, he is a giant teddy bear working yeah. behind the counter of a diner. Mm -hmm. It's adorable. Yeah, he's a short order cook. Yeah, his his outfit's too small. I love it. 
<laughs> I love it. I love I love a man who reminds me of a beanie baby. You know what I Dave mean? Dave Batista really he really for, for as like as a bit one of the big men in Hollywood. He has really made this lane for himself of being that teddy bear big man. Yeah, like John Cena has the kind of like the he's teddy bear ish and like his he's bumbling big man. He's like bumbling big man who's always kind of a dork. And Dave Batista is like gentle. gentle teddy bear big man but i don't trust john cena i don't know why i have no reason to not trust him but i trust he's he's got a smirk about him dave batista's never smirk dave batista only seems earnest only and dave batista cares about how you feel dave batista's gonna listen about your day yeah you know what i mean and he's gonna bring you something nice home from work (laughs) i know it he's gonna bring you he's gonna bring you a plate from work that day yeah he thought about you and so (laughs) when he shows up on screen i'm like yes this is the fast and furious team i want to see so then it's the the fast and furious army of the dead team no joke just the same exact crew yeah like it's incredible to me because it starts out as a full-on Fast and the Furious ripoff. Mm-hmm. Like, he goes to a car shop <laughs> to pick up the yes. first person on his team. Yes. And that's where we start to meet them. They are a heist team. Yeah. This is essentially, it feels like it could easily just be a crossover. Yeah. And I love that element. Then they head over to the camp, like the internment camp, yeah. which is what it is. I mean, it's they're, they're really presenting this as like a kids in cages scenario. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, to be evocative of our current political situation, but also, you know, that's another Zack Snyder move where it's like, see, I know there are things going there on. There are things going on. And so I'm going to nod to those things. Now, does that mean he's going to follow through? Well, we'll be the judge of that. That's the thing. Like, there, there's, you know, there's, there, you know, it hasn't become like a, you know, the movie just came out to, to Netflix streaming, but it hasn't been like widely, I feel like, talked about yet. But there is the fact of like the appearance of Sean Spicer in this movie. And right. they're like, not that, you know, and, and I was conversing with somebody on Twitter about like, look, everybody is touching something that gets their hands dirty. I can't throw stones kind of situation. Hollywood's, a, you know, a mucky muck situation. But also, I just can't. The reputation laundering of it is like, see here, I know what you're doing because you're putting Sean Spicer on a screen and you're having him being dressed down by a black woman, calling him craven, calling him wrong. So there, there is the the takedown of this figure that immediately has a resonance in our popular imagination exists in front of us, but you are still platforming Sean Spicer. Like you're, you are paying, you are giving a paycheck to, and you are platforming Sean Spicer, who has proven himself willing to participate in making fun of his public image, while also using that as a vehicle for reputation laundering himself. Like Sean Spicer has made yes. clear, I will be in on the joke. I will be in on the joke. Ha ha! Look at me, I'm Sean Spicer, you guys. Like what an idiot I was. But he doesn't like. He's not doing a speaking tour that's being like, I renounced the Republican Party and what I did was wrong. He's just like, yeah, I'll make tongue in cheek jokes about myself because he understands there's an industry for him there in that way. So like, and here's the thing. This isn't the mass singer. I don't need Sarah Palin to pop out in my movie. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's just leave it. Let's just leave it. Let's. Just, and so but like but he's putting them in there to have him be the negative foil in a situation in like a Talking Heads Politico TV moment. But it's like that to me is a perfect encapsulation of the the depth of sociopolitical thought or like execution that come that happens in a Zack Snyder movie where it's like see but guys it was a takedown it's like yeah but we just literally never need to see Sean Spicer again so was it so what is the cost benefit of that decision it's like it's like everything is almost there I think it's because for most people and I don't mean to be fucked up about it but I think it's enough it's like yeah, yeah. to be touching on these social issues for most people they'll be like this is fresh 
This is topical. Yeah. This is edgy because it's not, it doesn't involve any critical thinking. It just involves a, a, a sh- like a blanket level yeah. <laughs> awareness of what's happening around you. And, and, and that's where I think Dawn of the Dead, this is why Dawn of the Dead was successful where Army of the Dead may not see the same kind of success because you and I talked about this a little bit afterwards, but you know, when Dawn of the Dead emerged, everybody could be a bystander. Yeah. Now we are not a culture of bystanders. It's like you either are a part of the solution yeah. or you're not. You are anti-racist yeah right it's like back then it's like you can have your blinders on so it feels like be when neutral these topics- you could be i don't like to i don't like to be political like yeah, I, don't I don't like be- to get into all exactly that. so just having something point to a problem in a movie mm-hmm. was enough but now if you bring it up you better follow through i just think we're in a different social awareness and- than we were at this last and film. I see him moving in his way at his speed with the times. Like I see Agreed. it. And but it just like it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it it actually does enough of it. And like I'm curious to see where Zack Snyder is in 10 years with what he is wanting to push forward. Like I it would you know what it would zero percent surprise me if Zack Snyder managed to get the first blockbuster movie made with like a, a blockbuster action movie made with a translate. I can actually I completely see a yes. universe in which Zack Snyder is like, no, I'm making, you know, it's going to be the next army of the dead movie, but it's like a trans lead is the hero. And like, I can, can totally see that. And then there being absolutely nothing done with it, but I can see him actually being the one to make that step. He's such a difficult person and that, Hey, challenging is good. Challenging is, is I appreciate that. And like, I like the exercise of unpacking, Zack Snyder. It's just the the blind devotion well, to him to me that bothers me yes. because like, well, what if we ask more of Zack Snyder, who seems perhaps more willing and able to engage on these fronts of conversation and discourse? What if we ask more of him and simply Here's, say that like the hat tips are not enough because maybe he can deliver? I have a good analogy for Zack Snyder, and I think it's Chris Landon. So what's great about what Zack Snyder does is he brings up these topics in a way that is non-threatening to, like, the cis-white straight norm, does, right? Yeah, it feels very and so non-threatening can, to that. We can, we can talk about these issues that are important for them to see by just having them exist. Mm-hmm. And then we can have a cast of diverse faces in a way that, again, feels non-threatening. And they can hop on and see, hey, I can have a good time with yeah. these things. Yeah. And so in those ways... This is a very good film. That's why when we read it, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, yes, but it is taking that step forward that is necessary, that next step exactly from Dawn of the Dead. When we look at somebody like Chris Landon's work, if Chris Landon could, he'd probably be making a fully queer cast start to finish. But instead, in something like Freaky, we have a queer metaphor and then we have a queer side character Mm -hmm. who, by the way, has more going on in a mainstream horror film that is queer than anything else. So he is totally succeeding. Mm -hmm. But then when we look at it and we're like, can we do more? Yes. Yes. Um, can Zack Snyder do more? Yes. Yeah. And these people, these titans of mainstream film are going to be the ones that make these changes as they push forward. But it's our job as an audience to be like, hey, here's the opportunity. Here's and the opportunity. And that's where the sea monkeys come in. And that is where the sea monkeys come in. So we get the heist team together and they are... They enter the they have to enter the they have to enter Vegas through the refugee camp. And to me, the first hilarious what of this movie is when they get to the refugee camp and they need to go with the coyote. They need to go with this fixer who smuggles people inside Vegas to get them in. And what that amounts to truly 
is a woman leading them to a single door with a single like bar barricading it. It was like, hmm, I don't know that you need a smuggler to get you in and out of Las Vegas, actually. Las Vegas has a doggy door in its kitchen. It's (laughs) crazy. You just, it swings right open and they're there. It's like, you needed a coyote. Did somebody get shot to get you in here? I cannot believe this. This is like, this is a well lit, like all we did to get to this secret corridor was move a single curtain. lifted a panel. A single, a single curtain. That's it. So, okay, before we get to this situation, though, I do want to set up, I'm going to tell you, I thought the first 30 minutes of this movie, I was like, this is the best zombie movie Sam, of in 20 fact, years. in real in real time, leaned over to me and went, is this the best zombie movie ever made? Like I, I thought, and that is the first 30 minutes, and I want to tell you why. Yeah. Because before, because we have been, you know, we've been accurately critical mm-hmm. of what we're seeing because we saw, now we know what the whole, like, outcome was. Yeah. But the first 30 minutes, it opens so promising. Yeah. We are, we're like driving some army trucks with a couple of dudes like talking about, hey, this shit just came from Area 51. Yeah. Like, do you think it's, do you think it's it? Yeah. Like kind of like, our, do we have some alien shit back there? Meanwhile, like the implication is that like the DNA from aliens has been infused into the zombie virus or whatever. Right. Yeah. So if that's it's Area why 51, it's like, that's a great point. So again, here's the thing. Uh, uh, another, another little, a little tidbit that we never see again. So mm-hmm. yeah. So there's that. But anyways, what's in the back? Mm-hmm is a hyper-fast zombie who is, like, the scariest, hottest zombie you've ever seen. <laughs> yes. Because in, in Zack Snyder's zombie world, everything is hot. The I, women are hot. The men are hot. The zombies are hot. Their pets are hot. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> well, and also, and and in that way that, like, he's kind of, he's kind of an American compliment to Guy Ritchie in the way mm. that Zack Snyder movies feature a fair amount of, like, homoeroticism and male bonding and partnership in a way that really puts forward male intimate connection over yes. ma- over 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 sexual male female sexual connection. Like there's Friend, I love that. There's there's a like like look like obviously the blueprint is 300, but like right. then you watch like Dawn of Justice and I remember when I worked at Wired they did a like a fake recut of the trailer after the movie came out and called it Batman vs Superman Dawn of Just Us and it was all just like Batman and Superman exchanging like poignant glances at each other <laughs> because that movie is so like it becomes so fueled by their connection to one their moms are named Martha so they're suddenly brothers and they like have these like the movie becomes about their tension and the friction between the two of them and so like yes that is that is a prominent feature of Snyder movies in the way that like Guy Ritchie does a similar thing and this is what's really fun about it for me as a viewer is like I see a group of like six guys in an action movie and I'm usually checking out because I'm like they're all gonna be the same but that luckily for Zach he has like four different archetypes Mm -hmm. that he just rewrites in every scene until they're dead and then he refreshes (laughs) with a new set of four men it makes them very easy to identify Mm -hmm. and they're all pretty funny so I love that it's like oh there's the hero there's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. There's the shitty friend. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, it's always the same thing. And so, um, so you get this setup with like the different army dudes and this like super fast zombie. And then what happens is once they get bit, we start to see a new mythology unfold. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was so excited. This movie promises new zombie mythology. It does. So you have the leading zombie mm-hmm. who is very fast and strong and hot and doesn't wear a shirt. Yeah. Then you have. And who is like, the- and who's organized. He's very he's got organizational he's got skills. consciousness and he he can organize. Yeah, he's got a lot and he's got a to do list, friends like he hang does. in there. He has some <clears throat> shit to get done. So then he and his new other three friends are hanging out on top of this like ledge looking at overlooking Vegas. And it is a fucking moment. We're like, yeah. wow, this is how this starts. Mm-hmm. 
then it's walled off. Then they're in there trying to do their heist. And that's when we discover that this movie might actually be like a trip down into the rings of hell. Mm-hmm. So we've got our whole Dante setup where the coyote's like, all right, well, first we have to bypass the tiger. Yeah. Yes. We're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. We, but no, oh, but after, no, before we get to the tiger, when we enter through the corridor, oh, yes, yes. We get the all important moment. One. The promise number one. We get the all important moment that ring number one. As we walk through, there are piles of dehydrated sun, like sun cooked zombies, pot, literal piles around piles. the entrance to this thing that have run up against the containers that form thousands. this barrier. Yeah. Thousands, thousands, thousands. And they are. It's it's very like um, T two skeleton situation yes. where it's like super spooky, but it's like broad daylight, which is amazing because I'm like, wow, this is like dark and sad mm-hmm. because it's like they're all trying to get out and they just died there cooking in the sun. Yeah, and that's when the coyote gives us a fun little bit. Yeah, she, which is like she's like you should see them when it rains, which is the moment when Sam turned to me in the theater and said, "Oh my God, there's zombie sea monkeys." Zombie sea monkeys. You guys know what I'm talking about. You get the little freeze-dried pack of fish eggs. You mm-hmm. put them in the water, and then they come to life. That is the promise that our friend Zach makes for us. Yep. And so that's ring number and one. What it's a like, thing to be like, oh, my God, we are going to get believe it. reanimated, rehydrated fucking zombie army. Because just imagine there are Shit. thousands of them. They're piled up against the gate, and that's the way they have to exit. So all it takes yep. is one rainstorm yep. on the way out of Vegas, and they are fucked. They're fucked. So – I'm so excited. So that's ring that's ring number 1, mm-hmm. ring number 2. Then then we bypass them mm-hmm. and we are at the tiger. Yeah. And then and they even like in that way that Vegas, Zach's movies. This is one of Siegfried and Roy's white tigers. Very specifically, they're like, "Oh, it was Siegfried and Roy's." Yes, it like was, as if it's like, "Yeah, we know." Yeah, it was one of Siegfried <laughs> and Roy's white tigers. What's that joke for? Looking right? every bit like the um tiger bear human with the human scream from Annihilation. Wow, friend, it's exactly like that, actually. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah. Wow. It's like I was waiting for like the a same human design. voice to come out of it. Oh, that would have been terrifying, but then I've already seen it. Okay, <laughs> so that happened. But then – and then in the movie dialogue, they're like, well, that really crosses the line. Because, yeah. you know, he, Zack Snyder's already anticipating the 9,000 horror bros that are going to tweet him the first day this is out that are like, you can't have zombie tigers. <laughs> you know, what about zombie birds? Doesn't that mean they just fly away and then start the apocalypse everywhere? You know what? We're not doing that today because today it is zombies in Vegas on a heist and there's a tiger and I'm believing it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I am like on fucking board. We have sea monkeys. We have zombie tigers. <laughs> yeah. We have alpha shirtless hot zombies. Yep. I like... This is an amazing zombie world, and I want to see how it goes. Then, <laughs> in order to bypass the next like step, mm-hmm. we have to make a sacrifice. Yes, to a zombie that knows what's going on. Yeah, to to two zo- one of which is a showgirl, one of which is a Honey. dressed like a zombie to the queen, teeth. fucking showgirl. Like this, this is a winning outfit on Dragula. Yes. She is serving glamour and filth. She is, she's out here and she is, she, listen, she kept the flexibility of her performance. The physical performance by that actress is actually outstanding. They had to do a founded gymnast. Like she was tremendous. They have to, I need her in every zombie movie from here on out because she was both terrifying and captivating, which is what a zombie showgirl should be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. 
And here we get, so, as you say, like we we enter our next ring as we are given more of that like Snyder consciousness. Like they're like, well, yes. you know, so the coyote, this like this this you know frightening blonde woman, she she starts like flirting with the rapey asshole internment camp guard played by Theo Rossi, whose name is shockingly Bert, Bert Cummings. Cummings. Theo Rossi is named Burt Cummings in this movie, and he's playing a Theo Rossi character. He's just like dripping with evil. He's sexy. He's cool. He's awful. And she's like, let me hold your gun. And they're like doing this whole dick metaphor about a gun. And he hands it over to her and she shoots him in the fucking thigh and he collapses to the ground. And she's like, we can't go through without offering a sacrifice. And so, and she's like, and she like dresses him down. She's like, I know what you did to the fucking women in those camps, you rapist. Like, we get yes. it laid out. We're like, yeah, fucking justice. Like, it is it's super like, holy satisfying. Shit. Zack Snyder knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. So now he goes I mean, out of his way I to can... give us, we don't have, we don't see him hurting a woman. We see him menacing women. He goes out of his way to give us a sex criminal to watch and... him die. This is the first plant and payoff that actually comes through. So then yeah. it makes you start thinking, oh, these sea monkey zombies are going to pay They're off. They're going to pay off. Because then the opening scene, you know, uh, Mr. Cummings is like trying to like harass all of these women mm-hmm. and pretty successfully. And then um, our our lead female who is like really, really the uh, Katie Cassidy of this. And I say that because yes. this, mm-hmm. she is giving a great performance and it's just, she's such a forgettably written character. Yeah. And, and unfortunately for Katie Cassidy... <laughs> That was her entire career. That was that was the, that was very much the 2000s in horror for Katie Cassidy, but for Black Christmas, where she was really allowed to finally come into her own. So we have Ella Purnell mm-hmm. playing Kate Ward, <laughs> daughter of Scott Ward. Scott Ward, yes. Who has decided to now? She's not here to make money, even though she is going to get paid 50 mil. Mm-hmm. She's here because she wants to save a mom who went in to to these two little girls that they take care of in the camp. Mm-hmm. Now because thinking, she's like, I need to get in there and I need to, I'm going to boost, like, I need to get out of this refugee camp. It's going to cost me 5000 I need to go, like, boost a slot machine to get this money and this is my last chance because we're being moved from this camp to fucking Bakersfield. Now, okay, Zach. All right. So, like, you're going to tell me these two little girls, they're already going to lose their mom. Now they're going to lose the one friend they have. Yeah, the one Kate's going in, there. in charge of taking care of them. But that's fine. I Look, we're here for some zombie heroics. Yeah. This is a zombie movie. You got to, everybody's going to sacrifice themselves. So, okay, we're in. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy gets sacrificed to what, those creatures from Not the Descent. Um, what was the follow-up movie? Doomsday. Doomsday. So yeah. we have like a full Doomsday showgirl situation, yeah. and there is a culture and a society. Yeah. So like apparently the the coyote lets us know that if you make one sacrifice, that'll like let them leave you alone on your way in. Yeah, they're because they're essentially as long as you don't bother yeah them. they have kind of they have their they have they have formed their own rules society or they don't want to be bothered by the the earth the humans roaming outside the living humans they just seem to kind of want to be left alone so it's like okay if you make this offering you're letting us know that you're here in in good faith take the fucking money in here we don't need money in here they don't give a shit clearly about the safes or the slot machines so it's like fine pass through don't fucking bother us but like you have to give us something first so they give them theorosi so here's what's a fun reveal right after this and it's another promise and it's like the the zombies that are quote alphas love this by the way alpha zombies yes so we get zombies. men we get men who are alphas mm-hmm. so the alpha zombies take a try and take a human back and they and they take them back to like the fake Caesar's palace where mm-hmm. they all live mm-hmm. 
And then they, they kind of set up like, we don't know what happens in there, but when they come out, they're an alpha too. Yeah. So it's like, oh shit, what's going on in there? Is it witchcraft? Do they have science? Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> Is it aliens? It's Area 51. Anything could be happening in yeah. there. So just put a pin in that. Yeah. Right. And put it right next to your sea monkeys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so then we're heading in. We are full heist and it is fun because it they go into so the, the first casino and they turn on the, they get the generator going and we've got T, uh, T, Tignataro. Yes. Just a perfect character. We I, meet Tignataro's character when friend. she's on like a tarmac and she's like, she sees the announcement of what's about it because it's been announced about what's going to happen to Las Vegas. She's like scrolling through the news and she's like, Oh my God, they should have destroyed I, Vegas in the 90s. This is amazing. She is delivering. Real. It's like she read the script and she was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take it from here. Yeah, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take it from here. I'm, I'm gonna just go ahead and queer this to hell. And it, it reminded me, seeing her on the screen reminded me of when I first saw Michelle Rodriguez in mm-hmm. an action movie. The first time you see oh. Michelle Rodriguez in like Resident Evil, it is like, holy shit, she was meant to do these movies. She it was reminds meant me, for it. Just like the first time I saw Ruby Rose in an action movie. And I'm like, oh, thank God. She's here to queer this shit up. I want to see her in everything. This, in that way, brought me the joy and the life of somebody who I never would have expected to be cast in this, who was perfect. And it, and it, and and again, Zack Snyder doing doing a good thing that I, I believe. Again, I believe this adheres to like a good quality set of principles about the man that is Zack Snyder. Like Chris D'Elia was in this role. He is now a multi front accused pedophile. Um, of like courting and having sex with teenage girls and he was removed from this film and that yes. is a Tignataro is such a non-intuitive choice to appear in a movie like this that is Zack Snyder his camp whoever I mean this guy Zack Snyder produced this movie he co-wrote this screenplay. He did the cinematography. He's the director. It's not like there's a higher power that Zack Snyder was like, there's Netflix. No. But beyond that, that like Zack Snyder needs to consult with when bringing someone into this movie. This decision is made, I'm presuming, because it came to his attention or he came up with the idea, Tignataro, and was like, yes, let's do it. And he was like, I'm going to replace an accused pedophile with a, a lesbian comic who's like done an entire stage show in which she takes off her shirt to like discuss being like having like the body of a breast cancer survivor. Like that yes. is a, that is Tignatar is a cool fucking casting choice, no matter what movie you're in. And it's a super cool casting choice when you're like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to literally, if we have shot the movie with this man, Crystalia, we are going to break our backs to green screen in and stitch in Tignataro into every scene that was going to be his to do this over again. And that is fucking awesome. So then it's exciting because like, we're going to get a ton of her. Well, put a pin in that and put that on the sea monkey wall. Sea monkey wall. I I was just going to say like really quick on the note of Jordan talking about like, you know, this is probably Zack Snyder's choice. It is, you say the only higher power is Netflix, but they are also a studio who is notorious for like letting directors do exactly what they want to do. Very much So, so. Yep. It had to have been his, which is, and I, he always gets too much credit for most things he does, right. but like, give him know, the credit I, for this. Yeah. Give him credit for this. In this case, he deserves yeah, it. Right yeah, again, that. in every, we're watching it, like the movie's starting, and in every panel, produced by Zack Snyder and two other people, written by Zack Snyder and two other people, cinematography by Zack Snyder, directed by Zack Snyder. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. And listen, we were in an audience full of straight people, the best laughs, all hers she <laughs> yes. every every laugh that like was a roaring audience laugh was her 
It was Absolutely. her lines and her delivery. And so <clears throat> I just want to say she fucking nailed it. And he made a great choice. He made a great the choice. The other really great casting choice for me was uh, Raul Castillo. Yes. Because he was like, I loved him on Looking. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a very like soft-spoken but badass handsome gentleman oh, God, he's and handsome. now the charisma of raul castillo jesus we have Woo! again another snyder plant mm-hmm. it's like now listen mikey this guy that he's playing is a dead shot and we get mikey yeah. playing like like shooting zombies on on tiktok like that's his whole jam he yeah. can shoot <laughs> save anyone yeah. so it's like cool we got a superpower yeah okay so now we're in we are going through this very first scene and it's another fun ring of zombies so it's dark and, and it is, it's is—it's straight up Silent Hill. It's walking through the nurses in the corridor in Silent Hill and being terrified that they're going because to animate at any moment. They are hibernating. Yes. The coyote explains like she's like, I've seen this before. They're like in some state of hibernation. And it's, it is a flashlights. whole kitchen in a casino like packed with zombies that they have to like navigate through and it is a cool setup because luckily one of them hit the dollar tree before they got there and just brought a pack of glow lights so now we are we're gonna glow light our way through silent hill something they should have done then right yeah i mean get through those nurses and then so now we're 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 on our way but like we immediately because it's a Zack snyder movie Mm -hmm. and the first four guys already died right now we had to recycle the men the bad guy's back and now he's got a backpack so we got a new one yeah and and we have a character who immediately has his number. Yes. <laughs> she is like. We have Chambers. We have yes, Samantha Wynn as fucking Here, Chambers. She is not taking shit. She looks this guy in the eye and she's like, you first. Yeah. Because I don't trust you, asshole. Yeah. And like, and, the, and we. <laughs> Why we, the fuck are you here? We get the first tension between Chambers and Garrett Dillahunt's character, uh, Martin. Martin. Giant Garrett Dillahunt enforcer character is Martin. Martin. And he's like, he. Martin, yeah. He tries to like, he's on the like the transport bus behind sitting behind Chambers, a beautiful woman. And he like goes to put his arms around her on the seat and he's like, ah, you know, uh, let's get to know each other. And she takes his arm off and she's like, I don't fucking trust you. I don't like, yep. I don't know what your deal is here. So we immediately get her like throwing the gauntlet down, being like, I don't fucking yeah. trust this guy. She's and like, being, everybody was introduced with a superpower except for you. We don't know why you're on this trip. Yeah. And like, I'm rad and hot. And then so yep. when we get into the zombie hibernation corridor we get we get an incredible action set piece that i I was getting i was i was absolutely thrilled at i was losing my mind watching it moment so what we're about to experience is like chambers getting thrown off and then having to fight her way out of like a thousand zombies yeah and she does it so well the choreography of this scene i just couldn't believe it i was like this is art and and we get to watch as she like fights with everything in her and manages to get through them, avoiding being bitten. And, and she that's like when it I think- starts out with her like before because like what happens is like a dish falls to the ground and it clangs and the zombies wake up because she's been sabotaged by Martin who like yes. threw her off the path. So she got astray from the group. So she has to double back to get out of the zombie hibernation corridor. But like when she realizes they're kind of starting to stir, she's silently just like knifing them in the head and like one at a time because they only them, wake up one at a time and then like cradling them to the. <laughs> ground so they don't plop down she does this multiple times until there's that clanging drop and then it's like fucking knives out guns out she is killing her way out of this it's sam is not a a a reliable action movie fan it takes it takes something getting over a certain hump 
to yes. capture your interest and make you not and like doze it. off. Yep. And this, so this is you being like, this rose to the fucking occasion. I have goosebumps you describing it right now. I am telling you this scene. I want to watch it again right now. Yeah. It like, was, I, I will it absolutely that. be queuing up Army of the Dead on Netflix on demand. So I can just like go back yes. and watch this scene over and over again. I want that movie because that's what I thought we were about to get. So this is, I think, the point about half an hour in where I leaned in and said, is this the best zombie movie that's ever been made? Because it suddenly becomes a zombie movie and a John Wick movie. Yeah. Okay. Which is fucking cool. I I will say one of the writers did write on John Wick 3, so that's probably intentional. This makes sense. So she is gun-fooing her way through this corridor, and it's like, it's dark. We see her lit in muzzle flares. She's fighting zombies off. It's against all odds. She gets to the door, and she sees Garrett Dillahunt on their side. She gets her arm through to shoot him, but she's fucking out of bullets. So then she gets trapped behind this door. We think she's gone, but then it's like, but it's off camera, so you can't be sure. Like, are we going to see her again, but as a zombie? No, we can be sure, because when it's off camera in a zombie movie, they're alive. Right, but it, are they, right, you're right, you're right, you're right. But I was worried they were they were going to bring yeah, her back yeah. as a zombie. Right. Her. I was like, no, you can't do that to Chambers, not after what we just saw. The only way they could do is pull a, Rod- a Michelle Rodriguez character move, and like, she's been bit. And she might yeah, turn. Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't get her back as a full zombie. Just being yeah, a genre. You're right. you're right. Yeah. But yes, but I was, I agree. I was like, I hope we don't waste this character. And so then we, like, they're they're fleeing the casino. And because Raul Castillo, Mikey, he's the one who came in with Chambers. They're, they're partners. And he's like, he knows Martin did something fucked up. He's like, where's where's Chambers? And he's like, she got, oh no, she got stuck back there. I, I couldn't help it. It, it was terrible. And then suddenly... She comes crashing through a window, zombies on every inch of her, but she's not yet bit. And she is fighting them off. And then the movie betrays me personally for the first time where I stopped believing in it. That's where the movie went, hey, where's that board we've been pinning all these setups to? Yeah. It's time to not cash these checks. It's time to not. (laughs) It's time to just keep tacking things on the sea monkey board. Yeah. So what happens here is so disappointing because we just set up Mikey's superpower. He's a dead shot. He can shoot anything at any time. And has done this with zombies thousands of times to the point where he is a TikTok star who sneaks in and shoots zombies with under pressure. Okay. She looks up at him. And she, mind you, she crashes through this. She's got a handful of zombies on her, but they're like, there's probably like four, five. And the I, rest friend, of I them. I think it was like three. Right. I Ma- mean, it was not. Maximum, we're saying maximum four or five. And behind her, far behind her, out of focus, the zombie horde is approaching. But absolutely, there is a resolvable amount of zombies on chambers. All Completely reasonable. To, between her capability and him, and him doing cover fire, they they can clear out those zombies, lickety split, get her the so, fuck out of there and keep moving. And yeah. We're stoked because it's like, holy shit, yes, they made it. And Mikey's going to save like. her. He's going to save his friend. And then the screenwriter writes a line. Because <laughs> that's when it, you, stop, you stop feeling the actual yeah. character. Yeah. And it's like, go, leave me or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, no. what? Hold on. We're in act one. What do you mean? What? what you are mean? the coolest character. Leave you. You are the cool. I need you to keep doing what you just did in there for the rest of the fucking movie. I can't have this stop now. But here's the thing. Don't get attached. 
Yep. <laughs> and it and it and like I I respect that as a concept, but its execution was too flawed Not for here. me to actually feel like. I agree. Because again, what is Mikey there for but to be the precision striker, the dead shot? And yet the one person he would be most motivated to protect who is still in a totally fixable situation. Completely. And he just, he doesn't even advance toward her to help her. He's just standing there in the amount of time it would have taken him to clear the zombies off of her looking at her sadly. So yes, of course, by the time she says, run, go, leave me, there are 30 zombies on her and it becomes an untenable situation. But guess what? Didn't have to fucking be that way. So Martin, who set her up, is standing there kind of watching this go down. And then we see we see our uh, we see Mikey, who just like kind of looks at him kind of funny. And we're thinking, okay, well, at least he knows that some shady shit's up. Yeah. Put that on the sea monkey board. Yeah. Okay. Put that on the sea. Put the fact that Chamber, you're like, oh, Chambers is going to rat out Martin. And it's going to. okay, Yeah. Yeah. Someday, at least we're going to get that vindication. We're going to get that. Okay, so we move in, and that's when we start to get charmed by all of the other characters, which I like. Uh You know, we have. And mind you, when Chambers goes guy. down, um, dead the dead shot does come through so much so that he manages in the zombie melee to shoot the because they're all carrying gas tanks on their back to fuel up the oh, helicopter that's yeah. going to be their escape their escape plan. So he manages to pull up like to square up enough to shoot the exact tiny slip of area on the back of Chambers to blow up the gas tank and turn her into a human bomb to kill a bunch of zombies. And yet he couldn't have applied those same skills to have killed the three zombies that were wrestling her when she came through the window. And it's like, well, now you are just now you are just intentionally underserving what you have told us exists in order to shoehorn in a death to get to to fulfill your don't get attached logline. And two, for the first but not the last time in a movie, fridge one of your female characters to motivate one of your male characters to action. I am so angry hearing you describe this that it's I'm like so, hard to move on. It's you know so, what? I'm I, so angry. It God, was truly that moment where I was like, it's not bad. You're like fucking, that, you're going to fucking do this. Aren't you? The hard part about it. And this is, and just being real. It's like when you have leads who are boring, mm-hmm. like when you have the, what are they like the, what's the name? The warts, the oh, wards, the wards. When you have the wards <laughs> as our two leads, like dad and daughter, who are like so altruistic that they don't have, they're great. Per- I love the actors. Yeah, um, I really like the actors. Uh, but and when you have the writing giving Ella them Purnell like- is mesmerizing. Just nothing. They're giving them dust. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like that when this happens, it's really heartbreaking because it's actually a really well-written character and she bites the dust. But it's like, well, okay. So hopefully what we're going to get next, we'll get some more development that will make us love these mm-hmm. people on the board. So now going back to, um, we have to go to the Olympus Casino. Because this is where it gets like real fun because Cummings, we're like, we're going to get to see it. What do these zombies do? Yeah. With at at Caesar's fake palace. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They don't really do. They just bite him. That's it. And and there's like a little bit of blue light. Yeah. They queue up this whole ceremonial process and just the alpha king just bites them. Just bites him and throws him in a pool while he changes. I mean, that's nothing. Yeah. There's no magic. I wanted there to be, I wanted there to be a ritual, song, robes, incense. Yes. If you're going to set this up as like, we don't know what goes on in there. And all it is, is the thing that goes on in every zombie movie. You can (laughs) fuck right off. But, But here's where it gets funny. This is, and now if you're ready for the moment, the audience turned. Yeah. 
this is when I felt it. You you correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. But when that so the alpha the the king of zombies comes back, Mr. Shirtless, but he has found a cape. He has got a turn, cape on. So he's like fully walking out. He is glam head to toe. Yeah. So, like he is sashaying down that runway, and then he gets his showgirl's bride. She's got her whole like shoulder pad situation. Yeah, and, and, and everybody's like, screaming oh, because they're zombies. Like, this they're is just a like, relationship. These these zombies yes, have unions. They have emotions. Yeah. And so it's like, wow, how far do they take this? And then the zombie gets down on his knees and he does the thing that straight men write other straight men to do in these movies. He <laughs> listens to her belly to let us know she's pregnant. She's you, pregnant. Know, you know how men are always doing that? They're always yeah. putting their head on their pregnant pregnant wife's belly. Yeah. They're like, see, she's she's pregnant. It's the same thing. If there's if there's solo in a scene, how a woman has to like rub her belly like she just ate. Yeah. That's how you know she's that's how you know she's got a kid in there. So Anyways, the zombie's like on his knees listening for whatever. And uh, and that's when the whole audience is like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> These zombies fuck. <laughs> so, but we're not going to show that to we're you. We're not going to see it. <laughs> we're not going to see it. So, okay, we... <laughs> we <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, we, so we have a pregnant zombie... <laughs> And 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 they are living because they have just turned they have just turned Cummings into another Alpha. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh that's our first <laughs> that we can pull that back off the board now. <laughs> we, we know what it is. We know that we know what it is, and and that and that zombie is immediately and showgirl queen zombie is immediately given more value because she is pregnant. Yes. Um, she now she immediately has matters more mm-hmm. because she is carrying life inside of her. You know, it wasn't enough that she just had, she was the only zombie with great nails. Like, no. Right. She, now she, she has value because now she has value. And that is yeah. just, and there are just so many. It's, it's not even, it's like, I, I'm not even going to call it, an, I'm not even going to call it negating the value of, I think, Zack Snyder's like conscientiousness entirely. I think he, I think his movies for me are a real two steps forward, one step back. Yes. It's not even a one step forward. It's like you thought you took two steps forward and then you fucking backed up again. Yeah. Where it does these things continually because we 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 continue to fall. We get mind you, we get another great before we even got into the the zombie tunnel. We get another great Tignataro moment where she's like, "Have we thought about triage?" Because after the safe cracking guy, I'm definitely the most important person here. We're getting fortunately, <laughs> we're getting more Tig gems. Yes. Tig is largely we we get sort of like the relief of Tig being largely preserved because her whole mission is go to the helicopter and okay. get it working. That doesn't work for me, though, because they just throw her up at a fucking elevator or whatever. She gets to the roof and she's out of the movie. Well, and I wonder, I, I don't know the nature of Chris D'Elia's character involvement prior that. to that. I was like, this is a very easy way to put a character in a movie that didn't exist before. Yes. So, okay. I mean, truly what I, what I figure happened, and I don't know, because of course I haven't read the original script, but it right. feels like they, because if you look at a lot of the coverage that they use mm-hmm. of the characters, it's always um, two shots of characters in big groups, meaning like, they never show the wides and you yeah. know, they shot the wides. Yeah. So because of that, it, it, it's because probably because he was in the whole movie and I'm assuming that the way to get her in part of the movie was to stick her on the roof. It's right. just unfortunate because she is the best living character at this moment. Yeah. If you don't count Valentine, the tiger. <laughs> Valentine. I forgot the tiger is named Valentine. So we, and we get like our, our safe cracker guy is 
there's a key relationship in this movie we haven't touched on yet, which is Dieter, the safe cracking guy who's clearly like built underneath his little shirt that he has on. He's like any DJ in Vegas where you look at his face and you're like, wow, what a nerd. And then you go to his Instagram and you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's this guy. Yeah, he is. He is Matthias. He is Matthias uh, Schweighofer. He is, uh, it seems to be a German actor. and But oh there is a great, what? You are so good at this. Like I did, accent stuff. I did take German. I did take German. Oh so my I God. Can, can you do just that. say that one more time? Matthias Schweighofer. Oh. Because there's a little umlaut over the O. You are so cultured. Giving us an uh sound. Okay. And an um, uh, yes, a little uh, hoofer. I love it. And, oh, and by the way, the coyote's French. So just throwing that out yeah, there. The coyote, the coyote is French. Living and, for that. Yeah. Nor, Laura, Nora Arnizider, We she's got a lot of attitude. But the, my favorite relationship actually in this movie is between Dieter and mm-hmm. Vanderho. Yes. Played by Omari Hardwick, who is absolutely being framed with like a hard body queer eye like uh-huh. this movie wants oh, you to know us. that omari hardwick is a fucking entree oh uh-huh. my god and he this has is... this this there is sexual tension between him and dieter throughout and this i movie. refuse i'm i am just gonna say i refuse to think that Zack snyder did not know that he was presenting it this way well and because it, also vanderho kind of reads queer like there is a there is um he's kind of like anytime you have a military movie there's always kind of that one guy who's a little bit cracked who's Uh like kind of like seen too much and is a little nihilistic and maybe he's like the weirdly philosophical one and he's the one Mm -hmm. who kind of he's the one who would say shit where like if it's a funny movie all the rest of the soldiers are going to look at him and go what the fuck dude but like he's always going to be kind of his own spiritual intellectual plane and he doesn't need anybody else to be there with him because like he only needs to see the world this way Mm -hmm. and that's omari hardwick's character and he is like he has this combative relationship with the dorky deter but like also becomes sort of his designated companion and like selects himself to be like the protector of deter like you can feel there is this mutual recognition between the two that there's a little something extra and there's something about Vanderoe's character that just feels like he's probably got a boyfriend like he's probably yeah. like he doesn't talk about it doesn't need to talk about it everybody's cool with him but like he's into yeah. his own shit that his other military bros aren't necessarily into so I'm going to say I get bi vibes from him. Okay, yeah. I definitely think sure. he's queer, but I feel like he's just like a very, he may be like our pansexual, yeah, uh, our pansexual pan. soldier. He's pansexual. It's the way that he is. He wakes the way up he on is, a bed of anyone. Like anyone. he's surrounded by naked bodies and it doesn't matter who they are. Like he looks at Dieter for the first time and he's like, he has a face like I've seen your Instagram. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you don't just DJ. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Very so, much so. My favorite moment with them happens because it's one of my favorite moments in the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's when they're they're walking down to the safe because they've got it. They go. They ha- so this is the part where um, it's the Temple of Dune, Indiana Jones moment. Yes, yes. Um, so they have to get through like the different traps, mm-hmm. and so but before they do, they see these dead bodies. It's so, no, it's a it's a Last Crusade, Indiana last Jones. Last Crusade. Thank yeah, you. Where they have to walk the path. That's what it is. Complete. You're yes. completely right. Yes. They complete. So they're you know it is, and I'm telling it is that scene. Yes. And but I love that scene, I so I want to no, see it in great. Vegas. It's super fun. Yeah. So honestly, look, here's the thing. 
are all these things taken from other movies? Yes. Do I love that? Absolutely. That's my yes. favorite part of this. I want to see this shit are here. So I want to say it. I love are this. Are the alpha zombies um, Immortan Joe and the War Boys from Mad Max? 100 fucking percent they are. Yep. That is yep. 100 fucking percent what they are. Do I, but here I am. I want to see this mashup. Yeah. So when he they pass these bodies and one of them has the same necklace that Kate wears, one of them has like you see that actually and and he has this moment where uh where uh Vanderhoe says to Dieter, "Well, that what if this what if we're trapped in a time loop?" Yeah. And and actually and they both trip out for a second because they they like flash to like the possibility that they are just on this loop forever. Yeah, what if this is us dead and we just keep finding ourselves here? This is one thing I'm fine with putting on that board and not coming back to. Oh, yeah. I like this. I love this little moment. And this is a moment where Zack Snyder said, hey, zombie fans, are you, did you see Nightmare City? (laughs) I'm going to describe to you the plot of Nightmare City. And if you get the joke, then you really get the joke. Right. Like, as you said, like, I think you said as we were walking out of the movie, you're like, Zack Snyder said, I've seen a zombie movie you haven't seen. (laughs) That is what I said. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. He was just like showing his dick. I yeah. love that moment. Completely. Which so like, it, I appreciate that indulgence. It's so discreet that it's not like it, it, it like is. the asshole well, version of that does it with like Star Wars and you're like, yeah, we fucking know. But well, like the oak okay, yes, the I I give it a pass version is okay, yeah, do it. And, and it's I will a great say, character moment for Vandero. And this is unlike everything else you said, this is one thing that has a payoff. It's yes. a Quentin payoff for those who know Nightmare City. Now, I'm going to tell you about Nightmare City for just a second because it's really fun. The movie opens with an airplane. It's like an Italian zombie movie. Mm-hmm. It opens with an airplane landing and zombies get off of this airplane and start shooting machine guns. So you're, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the first zombie movie that actually like breaks the rules in terms of like these are zombies using weapons. Got it. They don't give a fuck. They're going to go ahead and be kind of like people, kind of like the ones that Zack Snyder made for right, this movie. Right. So then you're like, oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. The thing that it's famous for is that the movie also ends with the plane landing because the character's on it. And mm-hmm. then it turns out that was the beginning of the apocalypse and they're in a time loop. Okay. And so the zombie movie come happens in a complete time loop in this city that they have to like escape. So anyways, it's a little bit like a little nod to this. So yeah, go ahead and put that next to the sea monkeys. Yeah. Okay. Next to the sea monkeys. We're back. Um, but here's where things get a little crazy for me, but in a good way, but then you, I want to know your thoughts. Mm. We have, French, we have French Coyote outside with the backpack guy. Yeah. Uh, and we finally know what his plan is. Like, because Chambers was totally right. He was there up to no good. He's there to, like, get a vial of zombie blood. Um, yeah, to, it turns to, out, uh, actually, it the out. whole heist, the whole heist is just a cover. What actually the billionaire wanted, what uh, his name is Tanaka, Bly Tana- Bly Tanaka. What the fuck is Bly Tanaka? Played by the you know, extremely, the extremely handsome Hiroyuki Sanada, who was Ugh. recently uh, uh, in Mortal Kombat. And uh, more Hiroyuki yes! Sanada everywhere. Yeah, he's, he's, he's Scorpion in, in that. And he's okay, a fucking legend. That's why I was so attracted to him. Oh. I did not connect the dots. God, he's so I was hot. like, this guy is like way hotter than an evil villain needs to be. Yeah. Like, cause you know, he just shows up in his white suit with his white model and yeah. like plays with his airplane. And he's like, this is where you guys go. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> so like, but he's so attractive. Yeah. He's so attractive. <laughs> and I, w- I only wish like, I wish we could have seen Hiroyuki Sonata in a fight scene in this movie. It's weird oh to put God. him in a movie and not well, so, let him show off that way. But well, because we thought we would, right? Yeah. That's Again, up on the sea put monkey that board. On the sea monkey board. Just put a pin in that one. And he, right. and his whole, deal is actually i'm gonna he didn't intend on any of those people get he didn't fucking care if they got out keep he probably Mm-mm. keep you know keep he'll take the money if they get out but what he actually was doing was sending a group in to get martin 
Big Garrett Dillahunt in there to get zombie blood because they obviously want to weaponize zombies. Now, here's the thing. And the coyote is the one who ends up like he makes a kind of deal with her and he's leading her around. This is where the the movie kind of loses me because when you think about it, they didn't need to send fifteen people in to pull off a heist to get zombie blood because what what chamber or not chambers what um back what's backpack's name Martin oh what Martin ends up doing is walking out to the edge of the city like basically where that little flap they came in through is yeah, like he's he's near the, the perimeter coyote. he just goes yeah. back to the beginning and then he like snatches because it's supposed to be blood from one of the alphas mm-hmm. um he snatches oh because the zombie mythology by the way is that the alpha. Like, if, if you've been bitten by the king of zombies, you are an alpha. Yeah. Anything the alphas bite are regular zombies. And that's, like, where the speed goes. Like, you get slower and slower depending on what you've been bitten by. Right. So that's kind of a fun thing. So, anyways, he goes ahead and wraps his, like, stuff around showgirl zombie. Like, this, the Yeah, he, the shoots, like, he shoots, like, a net around her to, like, trap yeah. her like an animal. He Jurassic Park Lost Worlds her. And yeah. then we're in it. And he, like, decapitates her and mm-hmm. then tries to get her blood. But then he ends up taking her head because he's like, this is going to be worth way more. Yeah. But that's where I'm like, hold on. Why did you send all these people in? All you had to do was walk in and shoot the queen zombie. She was the first ring. Right. Well, she and was like, the second ring. If you didn't, if you didn't ca- like, you could have just, like, paid a group of people to be his protective ring and just paid them enough to not tell anybody. Because presumably it's a, the- it's a clandestine mission. Like, nobody can know that they're they're gonna take the zombie blood out. I'm sure that like needed to be black ops. But at the same time, if you're this billionaire guy who's just sending these people in indifferent to whether they're gonna die or not, just kill them when they come out. Like to send right. them in under the false under the pretense of this whole heist thing is like, or you could have just sent people in, said you were gonna pay them, and then because you are a, a scrupulous evil billionaire, killed them, them when yeah. they or- exited. Or just pay them. I mean, God, it worked. You know well, what I mean? But, like, like you would that way you wouldn't even have to worry about a loose end. You right. would just be like because he already, he already, the thing is, he owns the casino and he wants his money out of the vault. Actually, insurance already reimbursed him for that money that was in the casino. Oh. So he, this would just be bonus cash, but he can make more off the zombie blood than he could off the cash. So the point is the zombie blood. He doesn't care. So because he doesn't care, he absolutely would not have needed to have orchestrated an entire team going into the city to just like have one guy go no. in. And so it's, this is where I'm like, ah. Because Zach, listen, we didn't need that. It was it was doing just fine. It was doing so, okay. just fine. So we're out here. Uh, Queen Zombie's head is in a bowling ball, but now we, as an audience, know she's got value because she was pregnant. Yes. So uh oh. Yep. And and French Coyote's like, hold up, this wasn't part of the deal. Now our deal is off because we've killed one of theirs. Yeah. So now everybody's yeah. In the offering that we made negated. You just Bye. killed one of them. We are yeah. now we are now fair game. Yeah. Didn't you read the description before you clicked agree? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Did you read the terms and conditions? It's like, holy shit. Did you read the terms and conditions? And also, like, she is, like, it's very clearly their queen. <laughs> so it's yes. like, what'd you think was going to happen, bro? You couldn't have grabbed one of the other ones? There's like a hundred alphas. There's like a Didn't guy you see that Caesar's comes, palace? There's a guy that comes out here with her when you do the sacrifice thing. Like, there, He's right next to her. Yeah, he's right next to her. Why'd you pick shoulder pads? <laughs> so it's just wow. like... But anyways, because her face is like to even fridge the female zombie yep. to get the king zombie to do mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. That's what we so, got to do. It but, even fridges a zombie woman. But she gives us that little Return of the Living Dead kind of vibe in that bowling ball bag. You know what I mean? Like her yeah, head's just head like moving her, her, so her jaw alive. and yeah. like sure, oh, the, the, the brain has not been destroyed. So this the zombie continues to no. zombie. In this world, because we can look at the past and normally a head severing actually would because if you yeah. sever the spinal cord. But in this movie, in this movie. Yeah, 
and that's fine. fine. I accept and that. And I'm down. I just want to clarify the rules yeah. here are different, which I like. Yeah. So anyways, bowling ball zombie. Now he's going back to the casino. First of all, why? What the fuck is because that? The coyote's there. I'm just saying. I'm just gonna say the coyote's there by the door. You're by the door. You're by the exit. You don't need leave. the helicopter. You don't actually. need to get on Teague's helicopter. You don't. Which cl- clearly wouldn't have fit 15 people. No, so that was that helicopter was absolutely meant to carry a third of the number of people who went in. Yeah. So okay. Already, by the way, Teague's on the roof. This helicopter is not working, and yeah. she is giving this everything. It's so funny. Yeah. They Her call solo for a check in. with the helicopter are excellent. They're just like, hey, how's it going up there? To make sure she's still in the movie. And yeah. then she runs in and like, the, the thing's on fire. And she's like, good. Everything's good. Just yeah. uh, clean it up. See like, you guys <laughs> soon. Better get yeah. up here. I love it. I'm like, this is exactly what a queer person in the apocalypse would do. <laughs> Straight people are all stressed out. She's like, I've got a, like, I've got a bottle of glue. It'll be fine. Yeah. We make it work. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. we will get out. So <laughs> we will that. get out. Like, she saw it and she's like, no problem. This is like that episode of Drag Race where they, they, they dump the trash on the table and you have to make a dress. That's Teague right now. <laughs> it's amazing. So I'm living for all of that shit. Yeah. But we're back. We're cracking this safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we've got our boyfriends. Yes. They're getting very close to each other. They one are. of them needs quiet and the other one helps execute that quiet. Yeah. <laughs> it's very fun. Yeah. You know, they're a team. Um. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just kidding. And we've made it clear, I'm pretty sure at this point, that because Dave Batista had to go kick up a generator, um, he's having a one-on-one moment with his daughter. Oh he had God, to I kill per- their zombified, her zombified mom, his wife, and they haven't spoken since <sighs> Vegas got cleared out. And he always thought it was because she resented him for killing mom, but apparently never, literally never asked her a single question about why she didn't talk to him. Because it's been yeah. like five to seven years. And... He's like, I'm sorry, I, I killed your mom. Like, I didn't want to. Like, I, I'm sorry, I had no choice. And she's like, you think that's why I was mad at you this whole time? And he's like, well, I, why? I can't think of why. If it would, She's like, because you stopped talking to me. You stopped being my father. You stopped caring. You stopped being involved in my life. So yeah, I cut you off. And then he gives us the... And then he gets on his knees and he puts his ear against her belly and he listens to the baby. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what this trope is. It's it's just that bad. But please, go ahead. In it, it, that literally... That, li- that doesn't literally happen for anybody who might have not picked up on that joke just now. But what he does do is he does the classic, I just can't look at you without seeing her. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like Zach leans on these heterotropes, like the like the baby belly moment. The Jesus I could I I couldn't talk to you because you looked like your mom. Yeah. Like we've seen that again and again with these like stoic action heroes who were supposed to be like, oh well, that's a really good excuse. Yeah. Of course, he was hurting. He he's vulnerable. He's sensitive. It's all about him. It, and it's like the it's most like fucking hackneyed bullshit. Bruh, grow the fuck up and call your daughter. Grow like make up. sure she's okay. If you I mean, like even know the right reason why she you weren't speaking to your child for seven years. That means you dropped the ball on asking. This is where in the theaters we had a little bit of a shorthand going. Yeah. Um, we started to, you know, when you're like standing on stage and you're like making it rain, yeah. that kind of thing. So we would make it rain every time they were wasting time and people would die because of it. So because, and the reason we do this <laughs> is because once Dieter finally gets the safe open, he cracks the safe. That's like world-class security. They get in and they are on a fucking clock. They, they have been have. informed at this point that they think they have a whole extra day nope. to get out of Vegas because there was a, the initial, this was funny. I did appreciate that this they did this. This is great. I love this. The initial bo- plan for, 
for the nuclear bomb drop was meant to coincide with the evening of July 4th. So it, could be, July, baby. So it could be like a fireworks special. And they have Love like a it. clip of a stupid president talking where you don't see their face, but he's like, yeah, it seemed like, you know, it'd be pretty cool, right? Like the firework, like it's clearly meant to be a dumb, stupid, shitty president reminiscent right. of one you may know. Um, talking about how a nuclear bomb drop on an American city would be tantamount to like having a really cool fireworks display. So because of like public pressure, letting the administration know that was an extremely poor taste, they move up the bomb drop a whole fucking day. So suddenly these people have 90 minutes, yep. 90 minutes before the safe is even open. They know they have 90 minutes to get everything get out of there get in the helicopter and get clear of the blast radius this is before the entire time they spend getting into the safe so once they're into the safe they let i think they let us know they have like 20 minutes they're like oh yeah they need to pack up 200 million dollars worth of cash carry it like get it to the top of this building hopefully the helicopter's working by then get in fly away in 20 minutes they would not have those bags packed in 20 minutes but when Mm -hmm. they get into this safe they're all so gobsmacked by seeing all this cash they start holding up stacks of bills and making Making it rain rain. like they have any even fractions of seconds to spare before they are nuked out of existence and that is when this movie gets fucking insane with time yep because we've already had a little bit of a setup where of course he's having that father-daughter moment when everybody's like time is of the essence yeah we already, already know that it's we already know that day at this so we're point. like oh fuck now we're in the safe time is way more i mean we need it to live and they, they, making it rain i mean look the only thing that would have saved this is if vanessa hudgens walked in and said seeing all this money makes my pussy wet <laughs> this isn't a spring breakers a full spring breakers moment i don't want it but anyways we're slow-mo money's flying i don't know how they're gonna pack that money now that it's flying yeah, everywhere now but that they're just fine. like okay we'll just eat that hundred thousand okay and also like what was the plan to get the money out because they obviously didn't have like the bags for they it they did not have sufficient like i remember watching they all something gasoline but no no duffel bags i remember watching i forget what it was once um it was something like a sort of like a TV, like movie continuity thing where it was talking about how like everybody always has like a suitcase filled with $5 million. People don't actually understand how heavy $5 million is. Like, yeah. so like the idea of $200 million, all the they, they have like half a dozen people left at this point. And, and each of them has two arms. Like, right. I, I don't know how, and they're already carrying gas cans. Yeah. And I'm not how- super angry about this, but it's one of those things where it's like, if you have 11, if you have 20 minutes and you're going to tell me you're going to move 200 million dollars that's fucking crazy oh my god wait one more plant and payoff that never made prom like there was the promise was never made or followed through from the opening when they're explaining this plan this just reminds me because in the plan never was there a moment where they were like and this is what you do once you have the money yeah right like so there's a guy on the team that's like fuck it i can't do this i'm out yeah. And you think, oh, he's leaving because he knows the plan. And now he's going to meet them in there and like try and get the money first. Or something, something. Because there has to be some reason they made such a big deal out of this character leaving in this moment. And everybody's like, fine, I guess. Bye. Yeah. There's no reason for this explosion unless he's going to come back and act too. This is like Chekhov's, you know, buddy cop thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and we've already got Chekhov's sea monkeys. Chekhov's sea monkeys is everything. <laughs> so, it's, you know, this is the rule. You know, if, it, if you're going to. What did, what did they say? It's like, if you introduce a gun in Act 1, it better yeah. go off in Act 2. Yeah. So, okay. 
So we have a lot of that. So here's the first failure. That guy did not show up to do anything. So there's no plan. So anyways, they're on their way out. And Deadshot Mikey is like, like the slow, we got the slow-mo, the the zombies are coming. We're in the casino. It looks so fucking cool, you guys. Yeah, it looks so cool. It is so cool. It looks so cool. I'm like, oh my God, get me in this video game. Yeah. I'm I am here for it. And this is why this is where I have to give it to Zack Snyder. Every time he makes me mad that like something isn't working out, we get a really cool moment like that. Yeah, he's great at a really cool moment. He specializes, in fact, in really cool moments to make but you that, think that there's more going on than there actually is. That really cool moment is back to back with maybe one of the film's worst moments. So oh we my have God. I know it's just the way that I skip the father daughter moment. You skip the like we're 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 ahead. You know it's like Scott Ward's wife or ex wife. Wait, ex girlfriend. I think no, yeah they they got out okay. of Vegas together the first time, and I think they yes. always were sweet on each other, but they never did anything about it. So it was this. Now listen, there's maybe 17 minutes left on the clock, and this is Maria Cruz played by Anna Ana de la Reguera. She's amazing, by the way. She's excellent. Um, she is selling this moment. I can't hear a word she's saying because it's so boring. They have packed up. They packed up this money. Like, nope. They have packed up this money, and at this point, we know they have eleven minutes. That's right, eleven minutes. We You're know right, they even have. Less. Il- it's eleven minutes before now before a nuclear bomb goes off in the city of Vegas, and they're on the bottom floor. You can't even listen if you're in, in a the regular elevator. Basement. You can't even get up to the top of a casino on a good day. No. Not a, let alone running a zombie obstacle course, and so they have not they have all the they have the money. We have we have a moment with Dave Bautista with Scott Ward and uh, Maria Cruz, and it's in this moment when they have eleven minutes to get out of this fucking place that Maria's like, "What about us? Hey, can we have a talk? What about us, huh? Yeah. What do you think?" Hey, uh- I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a woman and my main concern in life is relationships and yeah. emotions and bringing things up at bad times because Let's you're a man and now. you've got it. Yeah, this is this is what we need to do. And I and me and at, it is at this moment that we are looking at each other in our row and we are not believe it. We are fake making, throwing, it, rain, making it rain. Yep. Here we go. Just we take that all the time in the world for this. I guess this is what we got. This is what we're doing. So, you know, they take about 10 minutes to marriage counsel and it yeah. all works out. And then she walks out the door and immediately well, dies. It, because but it's, but it's what it's happened is they're standing in front of the elevator. They're waiting for the elevator to come down. Oh my God. And the like they have this sweet moment where it's like, yeah, let's go out for beers when we get out of here mm-hmm. elevator door opens and because these are alpha zombies not just regular zombies coming at them now because oh and here's the thing the reason the alpha is coming at them is not just because his queen has died the body is recovered by his alpha subordinates brought into their lair at caesar's palace and he sees that his bride his girl is is oh, decapitated wow and reaches into her zombie tummy Mm-hmm. uterus and pulls out his zombie well, fetus not before listening to it first though because yes. then we gotta know he doesn't hear anything and we get his immortal joe i had a baby brother and it was perfect in every way we get that exact moment so yet we have we have seen we've seen the fruits of zombie wife being fridged so uh-huh. he's like i'm sending my entire fucking army after you people well also, though, a couple of things about this fetus. It glows blue. It's it does. really cute. It has a moment. So I'm like, oh, it's glowing blue. So maybe it's still alive. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's just not. blue. It just glowed blue for and fun, it, I guess. And then never it, comes back. And then it, yeah. Rise. And then and, and weirdly, like when it glows blue, the other eyes of the zombies light up. And I'm yeah. like, oh wait, is that gonna be a thing? It's not. Um, and then uh after that, it it leaves you with a question like, if the zombie fetus is the living dead, 
Yeah. What killed it? Right. I'm just curious. No, there's, you know? and that's the thing. There's the, the most interesting part of Army of the Dead is this entire zombie hybrid subculture that we could have like known more about, that we could have explored oh more. But Am instead I, it gives us, it just like suggests there's enough. all this cool shit going on and then doesn't do anything about it. I'm going to throw a theory out there and I know I'm, I'm giving Zack Snyder way too much credit, but if these zombies were from the blood of an alien race and then they, their whole thing this was movie to is like, basically alien versus predator. <laughs> yeah. It, it, if that's the whole thing, uh-huh. then maybe the fetus was there to like, the fetus was the fetus of an alien. And that was the idea was an alien takeover through zombies. The now, thing is, if that's we can't the case, say no. We can't say it wasn't that. And I bet it, Zack Snyder, I know you're listening today because I know this is your favorite podcast. <laughs> yeah. Steal that idea, buddy. Put it in the sequel yeah. because that will make this worth it. Because but I'm going to tell you right, there's no reason why it is as of now. Yeah, as of now, <laughs> there's no reason why it is. And um, so we have this whole moment between Cruz and Ward and they like agree they're going to finally like make this thing happen between the two of them. Elevator door opens. Alpha zombie is right in front of her. Grabs her by the head, twists it completely the fuck around, breaks mm-hmm. her neck, and she's dead. With her face facing her back, looking straight at Scott Ward, mm-hmm. and then she, her dead body collapses to the ground. And again, ev- like, don't get attached. Everybody's going to die in this movie. But yet again, we have a woman who is dispatched for the purpose of animating anger and feelings mm-hmm. in a male character. She couldn't have just died because characters die. Characters are going to die in this movie. Each, like, the most deeply connected female characters we have are, are, are killed each time so that a man might react more strongly to something. Because we needed the moment where he goes, Martha! Yeah, exactly. This exactly. is his Martha. And if he didn't get my joke, it didn't really happen. <laughs> it didn't really happen. That didn't happen either. But you so know then- what I mean. The zombies are now in the basement. They're, you know, the alphas are in the basement. They're coming for the crew. They're trying to kill their way out. And we get my favorite touching moment of the movie, okay. which is when Dieter gives his life for oh, Vanderhoof. Oh, Dieter. Dieter give. Oh, and a, a clever note about the alpha zombie. He wears like a steel helmet that is bulletproof. Because oh, he that's knows really cool. That was really cool. He knows that like he could be killed from a headshot. So he wears a steel helmet. So they're like trying to shoot him in the head and it's not working because he's prepared. Because. Now, listen, it would have been a job for Mikey, buddy. Mikey, yeah. the death shot. But unfortunately, he never followed through on anything. Never followed so, through. Yeah, that that never, that like Mikey bit of just, sharpshooting heroism never really seemed to matter. Um, actually, not, and so, not a single time. He His shooting mm-hmm. literally never comes into play. And then he, he no. dies very unceremoniously. Yeah. And then we get like, it's the zombie scrum and Dieter like, the the alphas in true this made a lot of sense for Vanderhoe honestly like as we we've kind of strayed from the rea- we're not really re- doing the reality index on this episode but whatever but in a reality index context Vanderhoe decides like I'm the one who's gonna take down the alpha king and I'm gonna do it bare fists we're gonna yeah. this is gonna be mano a mano he like drops his fucking belt he's like yeah. I'm just gonna go square up and he gets his fucking ass handed to him fortunately the movie does not even entertain the notion that this is a fair fight it it like I think maybe maybe Vandero gets one hit in but other yeah. than that he gets his shit rocked by the the alpha zombie because it's like oh yeah this was very ill-advised but he's like I'm I'm in it like I can do like let's lock in I'm a man I got this I'm a man I got this so he's getting his ass absolutely handed to him and then but like the, he gets knocked back to the safe door and Dieter 
in a moment of beautiful self-sacrifice for his potential boyfriend. He shoves him in the <sighs> safe. He shoves the door behind him. He and welcome to my it. fucking nightmare. Here's the yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm going to say he locks him in a dark safe with no oxygen and no handle on that door. Yeah. If I don't know if he wasn't going to find a way out. What a horrific way to die. Well, I'd yeah. rather be fed to zombies than Honestly. die of starvation in the dark with no sound or connection to people. Yeah, no, that 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 really it's like, oh, he would well, be that's, to die for weeks. I like I like this effort. That's a really cold comfort. Fuck. Uh-huh. Um, but so he gets like that. We'll put a pin in that. Yeah, and we, there, we will actually get to go back to the to the sea monkey board on that one. Yeah. But so oh, and then amidst all this, mind you, friends, 11 minutes, 11 minutes. Daughter Ward, Kate, has decided she needs to go off and find her friend that she entered this whole mission in the first place to find. She's she like, hey, up, remember yeah. that? Remember my one thing? Remember my, my one thing? thing. I, I got to go do it. I'm going to go to the zombie. I'm going to go to the Alpha Hotel because that's where they like, I'm going to see if that's where I can find my friend, hoping she's still alive. Gets there. Finds, finds her friend. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm sorry, Jordan. I know we're not, again, the reality thing, but I'm just saying like. No, that's unbelievable. Because they killed, they killed Theo Rossi right away. They took him into the chamber. They right. turned him. What are so, they, what are they keeping in the hotel room? Is this a fridge? Like, this, is this where right, they keep why snacks? Is she there, what is this? For how long? There yeah, are this three doesn't women make sense. in there. What is the point of these three women being alive for weeks? She's been gone for days. Yeah, and days. So, and then the, so the fact to me, the fact that uh, Kate finds these women and actually like achieves her goal it, it really bothers me because Chambers, who fought so hard, is yeah. rewarded with only dust. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's fucking crazy because in a zombie world, the person that fights and outsmarts is supposed yeah. to win. And yeah. that's where this movie drives me bananas. Because it's because this movie thinks that's it's subverting when actually it's just underserving. Yes. So anyway, she's in a room with three women and you're like, well, we only know one of them. So the other two got to go. The other two got to go. So this entire side mission, actually, it's going to be for not, which guess what it is, but maybe a little later than you think. So then we we get to actually revisit the sea monkey board. We get to pull a pin off that because Alpha Theo Rossi shows up mm-hmm, to confront is. Kate and sh- they tussle and sh- she finally vanquishes Zombie Theorosi is finally vanquished. Mm-hmm. Um, like at their hands. So it is like human vengeance Wait, upon this horrible man who made their lives her awful. Dad I was gonna say, zombie? is her dad the one who kills him though? Yeah, she doesn't even get to kill him. It's a total woodsman situation. Yeah. To- so like ultimately, Kate doesn't even get to kill the guy who was like menacing and sexually like violating women in this camp. It's her dad who comes in and saves the day because once the zombie fucking shit starts happening by the safe, they have to abandon all the money. All the money, everything they went down there to get gets abandoned. So ultimately, oh, all that time we just spent? Fuck it. This is actually about Scott Ward saving his daughter. Mm-hmm. So he has to go save his daughter. He gets there. He's the one who kills zombie Theo Rossi. She doesn't even get to do it herself. So dad comes in and saves the day. But he's like, all right, we got to get to the helicopter. We got to evac you and this person you came to save out of here. Tig has got the helicopter working at this point. And by now, we are down to Scott. We're down to Tig Notaro, Dave Batista. Um, Kate Ward, uh, yes, uh, Ella Purnell, and guest, and guest, who she has gone there to save. Yeah. The whole mission has been for naught. There is no fruits of any of this. Well, and isn't Coyote still alive? Or did you say that? 
No, oh, Coyote didn't make it because they're on the roof where the heli- when when right. um, Dave Batista and Tignataro are running up to the helicopter, the Coyote's with them, and King Zombie- That's what it is. Impales her with a spear, and like she throws the so, head of his zombie bride over the top of a building, and it explodes into goo on the ground, and he's even angrier. Very well, unsatisfying because she should have. I'm just gonna, you know, she should have had some sort of moment, but some she moment. had to be a hero for no reason when they could have all just jumped onto the helicopter. But instead, she's like, "I got this," but she didn't. She had no game plan because ultimately, like when they're when they're fleeing, when they when the whole plan goes to shit with the money, they end up back on the casino floor. People are dying left. Left and right, Martin meets justice because Valentine the Tiger kills him. And oh, it, it, like, beautiful! Scene. Getting spectacularly ripped apart, but like none of the people get a chance to even know what he was doing. It's weird right. that no one ever finds out how he was trying to fuck them over. Yep. So, like, it's like the justice is purely for the audience. And Not Mikey for the never, characters. There's no follow through. Like Mikey never ends up asking, hey, what happened with Chambers? No. There's nobody ever alerts them, hey, this is what happened. The French woman did not like was not able to communicate this is what the side mission was like nothing no, happened nobody ever knows what they were really doing there or what that guy how that guy was fucking them over so it's just like wait so that was all like i understand like this movie is for audiences but you just made a story entirely for audiences that the characters had absolutely nothing to do with okay so, oh, and we skipped over the fact that at a certain point when the zombie king goes out to marshal his forces to kill the living humans, he's on a horse. Oh, yeah. He's he is riding a horse, friends. He's riding a horse. He has full medieval times, his cape in the air. He's got he a is, special hat. He is, he the is white on a walker. horse. He is yes. the white walker king. He is, he is the white knight king of the zombie apocalypse. And he is leading his zombies into battle. Um. You know, What's yeah. interesting to me about this is he's riding a zombie horse. And I got to tell you, like, look, I don't ride horses, but I know that shit's hard enough with a regular horse. Can you yeah. imagine trying to get a zombie horse to do shit? With its oh muscles God. and bones rotting and decaying. That zombie horse is really smart. Yeah, to and there's to a reason direction. zombies shamble. This zombie horse is not shambling. No, he's it's got running it like on. a thoroughbred. So very exciting horse scene. Yeah, very exciting horse scene. Um, and we finally end up on the helicopter. It is it is Batista, it is his daughter, it is Tignataro, it is the friend, it's the guest. Well, they get on the helicopter. No, no, and- friend. There's one moment that you're leaving out that's oh crucial. My God. When what they happened? get to the roof, the helicopter is not there because Tignataro is a queer person and would never sacrifice her right, life for these like, stupid people. He's like, I've got to go to this hotel. He said, Please pick us up on the roof. Yep. He was like, I got to get my daughter. And so she doesn't go to the roof. She gets the fuck out of there. And so that's what's amazing until da, 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 she shows up and she's like, my conscience would have never let me leave this here, even though this is a bad plan. Yeah, and guess yeah. what? It was a bad plan because and he got you, everybody else killed to save his daughter. Everything we have said to you since getting to the safe has allegedly happened over the course of 90 minutes. Uh-huh. Everything we have said to you since getting into the safe has happened in allegedly 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Everything since the woman getting fridged at the elevator door and having her neck snapped has been 11 minutes. This has been running across the casino floor. What like getting across town to another, to another casino, casino, getting finding, to the right level. Yeah. Guessing correctly where your person you're trying to find is wading through zombie hordes, reaching the roof of that casino. And then a whole helicopter coming to save you 11 minutes. 
That has been 11 minutes when all we needed to do was not have it be 11 minutes. Yeah. Or all we needed to give them was five hours instead. Or don't make it about this family stuff. Like, I'm sorry, but it's so boring because I'm here for a heist movie. And then it's like, I've got to care about this person that I didn't even know they had a past relationship. Then I've got to care about this father daughter when like he didn't do any of the work. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, and I got to care about this woman who I thought was so cool in the opening, but now she's like making dumb decisions, like running over to a Caesar's palace when there's nine minutes on the clock. I'm like, what? So it's kind of hard to love everybody except for Teague who booked it. So that's why when Teague shows up and says that she feels guilty, it's a real letdown because it's like, (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now, that character would have been out of there and would have lived. Yeah. With the way that she was about the money, they were like, you know, hey, Tig, like, we want you to take this job. She's like, what's the job? And they're like, it's two million. She's like, I'm in. They're like, don't you want to know the job? She's like, no, it's two million dollars. I really need that money. Like, let's fucking do it. Sure. Yeah. She would have been like, I'm I'm taking whatever dollars I have with me and I'm leaving. Yep. Um, she's a bit of a mercenary personality. And she's also was the one who's like, we need to talk about triage. Everybody here is expendable. But me, that is not a character who would have gone back for anybody. Right. But she does. So Batista, daughter, guest, pile into the helicopter. But then, of course, King Zombie also makes it to the rooftop in time and, like, in a flying leap, gets onto the helicopter. And there ensues a hand-to-hand battle between Zombie King and Dave Batista. Um, Guest is killed. No, Guest is not killed. Guest is still in the helicopter. Well, guess what? As the nuke is dropping, the helicopter is escaping. King Zombie bites Dave Batista. He bites Mm -hmm. him. The rate blast radius consumes the helicopter. It crashes. We're left to presume guest is just fucking dead. Well, actually, no, no, no. Get the guest, not the, not the friend she saved, but guest died back. She was zombie food. Yeah. No, I mean the friend. Yeah. The friend she saved. The plus one. Got it. The plus one, the plus one of all this, the person who she went in there at all to save dies. All of the money but for like one stack of bills that Dave Batista like put in his pocket is gone. The the billionaire who sent them in there, he already got his insurance money back. So he didn't actually even need the money he sent them there for. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get the zombie blood, but ultimately that would have been like, it's not like he lost anything from that. That would have just been like pure gain for him. Right. The entire movie negates itself having existed at all in that moment because Tig's character dies. She gets impaled. Plus one, dead in the helicopter. Zombie King dispatched. Dave Batista bitten. So the relationship that she didn't have with her, the father she didn't have at the start of this movie because she has excommunicated him, she ultimately has to do the, like, I have to kill him thing because he's going to turn, and that's really sad. But she didn't have a relationship with him in the seven years prior to that experience. So literally everything is exactly as it was at the start of this movie. Except as it Teague is, is dead. It, as it is at the end of it, except for the final reveal. The entire movie exists to give you the real final girl of this movie. Kate. We see emerging from the wreckage of Las Vegas, Omari Hardwick. Vandero made oh, it. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. Yes. Vandero made but, it out of the wreckage. The safe friend, saved him. The, the most appalling thing about the ending before that moment is just the amount of time that passes between Kate and Dave, her dad. Unbelievable. They have this whole thing where even though he's been bit, she pretends like he's not and he doesn't alert her that he's been bit. And yeah. she's just like, they're having their father daughter thing. And like, they decided like what 
they're going to sell at the food stand or whatever. Yeah, it's like he, a whole, like, there's it's like a, a running bit through the whole movie about what kind of food truck he's going to start fine. after this. It's like, okay, grilled cheese, whatever. Yeah, so lobster rolls. They're, they're doing the thing. It's like very beautifully lit. So boring. Nobody cares that Teague is dead. And Nobody. everybody like fucking sacrifice their lives so these two could i guess have this moment kate this who like moment. definitely hasn't earned it gets handed the cash to go start her life fine yeah um those two kids are still gonna have to get up put up for adoption yeah but anyways <laughs> then like dad turns and it's like she's gotta like fight dad zombie well she like he's he's incapacitated if, because of the the plane crash but he's turning and right. there's this like they're just like she's just like sobbing at him and it's like instead of in about Five seconds, you're going to be de- like. I get that this is very, but like, do it, do it, yeah. please do, please do it, please do it. Just Why are we waiting? It. Can you just he's fucking do this? Oh he's my a zombie. God. What yeah, are you he's doing? Gone. He's got. We're like, all yelling. We're it making an, it rain. Yeah, what are we, you doing with it this is time? It is an interminable amount of time. And then she finally shoots him. Finally. And that is when we cut to Omari emerging then, from the and, wreckage and this of Vegas. helicopter, by the way, she shoots him and this helicopter is like, just like, oh, cool. Looks like there's some survivors. Yeah. And, and it's just like, what? They would be shot on the spot yeah. having reality, escaped Vegas. Yeah, like a, a rescue helicopter basically shows up, like a military rescue helicopter. And yes, reality index, that they would have shot her from the fucking sky. I would have honestly liked that. Collateral ending. damage. I mean, yeah, they should like, if you're going to say, have. if you're going to say don't get attached, then truly don't get don't cut a corner. Don't give me, don't give me living Kate. I didn't come here for army of the Kate. No, the army of the Kate. If, I did not. If, if Chambers and Teague bite the dust, sorry, Kate. Yeah. Yeah. But and you don't get a free pass. That would have been the movie truly holding, holding up to its promise instead so, of kind of giving you the warmed over version of what it says is like, it's big swinging dick. Don't get attached ethos. It's like, so, but not really. And if we can recap right before this final ending moment with our hero, our queer pansexual hero. Yeah, our pan- um, uh, canonically now pansexual okay. Vandero. Uh, zombies, it never rained. So we never got to see the zombies come to life. Never rained. Not once. Uh, and I guess like, I guess that we found out how the zombies made other zombies. They bite them. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, really, that Mikey never gets his dead shot. Nope. Uh, everything. And I guess the safe does work. And he finally cracks it from the inside out after mm-hmm. the fallout, because that's when we see him. Vanderhoek? I would imagine there's a safety latch in there somewhere. That's like, oh, if that's you get trapped yeah. inside, there's probably like a, this is the contingency once you're in the safe. So I would imagine okay. there's a way to, because that is a set death sentence. If you get trapped in a very, in a safe yeah. from the inside. So I would imagine okay, there's a way you know out what? of that. I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. So then he moves forward and like, you know, he has broken his way out, which is, um, you know, Awesome, because we're cheering for him and we're living. Yeah. And he gets to the airport and he like throws down a stack of, or he's like, "I he need to did rent." Get a bag of money out. He got a yeah, big fucking bag of money out. Because you know what? He planned. He made a plan. So, anyways, he gets out. He's like, "I want to rent a plane." They're like, "We can't." And he takes an unnecessary amount of money and puts it down. And he's like, "And they're like, okay, let's see what we can do." The film ends with him on a plane with two like hot, similar-looking um, flight attendants. <laughs> yes. Um, they're basically twins mm-hmm. and they're just like, and he's like, have a drink with me. And it's like, okay. Um, and then he goes into the bathroom and, and they notice he looks unwell. Like he's, yeah. looking, he's a little de- unstable. He, he's, his temper, like he, he's looking he's a little feverish. The temperature check. Nope. Turns out. And he's like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. And that's, wh- so it's like, yeah, he's infected. And here's, what's fun about that. Little callback to nightmare city. It ends on a plane that's obviously going to land and be full of zombies. So yes. it is a little nod to that time loop thing. Zach, I see you. I like <clears> that, buddy. Yes, you have seen a zombie movie. Nobody has. Mm-hmm. I love yes. that. You get your credit. But at what cost? And that's the thing <laughs> is like, 
in the way that people um, get on Marvel movies for existing simply to usher in the movie that comes after, that is a broad criticism of Marvel films, like that they exist for their sequels, that they exist, they don't resolve their stories in progress because it, it can feel, and I don't have a problem with this because I like the whole big Marvel universe, but like I've seen the critique that like, it's so annoying to keep watching movies where you just know stories aren't going to be resolved because they're meant to bleed into the next movie. Like it's, it's annoying to feel like movies aren't trying to stand on their own because they know that they're going to get, there's going to be 30 movies connected in the same universe afterwards. I like all these movies. I don't care, but it is a, it is a criticism that gets leveled at Marvel movies quite often. This movie exists for no other reason than to give you a sequel. Every, every character is eliminated None of their motivations matter. None of the characters are even keyed into all the motivations of other characters. The billionaire Tanaka, like, we learned that he just sent all these people in there probably to die to get out this, like, arms race zombie blood for the black market. But, like, we never see him. Like, we see another shot of him later, but nothing about him is ever resolved. I thought the movie was going to end end with Kate showing up at his door fucking killing him. Which would have like, been such I a good ending. Like, what you did, bitch. Like, yeah, here's that would have at least oh my God, resolved yeah. any of those characters' stories. But instead, we just meet all of these people and to I guess- have them die. And then one of them becomes the zombie to initiate the sequel. And technically, Vanderho was bit by. I looked it up. I had he to was bit by the alpha. Zeus, the original. Oh, Zeus! You're right. So that, yeah. So that makes him an alpha. Yeah. No, he's gonna be the new. He's gonna be. Yeah. The, so he actually has alpha blood. So that means oh, yeah. he can he can oh, continue no. on with. I the knew fast that because and, he and slow zombies. So then Zach's like, hey, some of the mythology will make it to the second one, just not the sea monkeys. Well, and that's the yeah, not this. They have no fucking sea monkeys. Well, and that's and that is what because it essentially what it sets up is exactly the same thing for number two. Because the way you've cleared the chessboard, the way you've absolutely fucking cleared it, there is one, just there is one alpha, just like there was at the start of this movie. He is going to beset, he's going to be beset, a city is going to be beset by him, and he's going to rip through it, and tear through, and then what's going to, like, it's either going to become world zombie apocalypse, or we get another segregated city. Mm -hmm. So what, like, was that truly to just set up a a nightmare city time loop version sequel to exactly to what we just saw that is exactly what we just saw cuz nobody knows about it nobody knows about the plan nobody knows anything <sighs> that could have stopped it changed it or that will provide solutions to address it in the next iteration it is a clearing of the board to just put all the exact same pieces on it and if that is a criticism that Marvel movies are going to take, I I refuse to let this movie just continue on because people are like, Zack Snyder, fuck yeah! Like, no, 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 no. This is exactly what you shit on Marvel movies for. I was wrong, by the way. Kate did apparently kill Cummings, according to the Wikipedia. I needed to know. So she did kill him, but I but the thing oh, but, okay. but it was with the help of her dad who like cornered Zeus with a grenade launcher. Anyways, it's fine. That's it, it doesn't matter. That's it. It's yeah. like a teamwork. No, that's thing. good. That's a fact check thing. We need but to know. Here's that. What, Here's what I do want to say about that and why that's applicable. Kate just did not, I, in my opinion, Kate did not earn her way out. But in Zack Snyder world, she did because he sees like sac- self-sacrifice and being the yeah. hero as your key out. Whereas zombie yeah. movies to me are about survival and who yeah. can fight their way out in the smartest way. Um, yeah. And that is why this movie kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth because that doesn't happen. And the one character who kind of does because his lover put him in a vault, it turns out he's actually infected and it's not a real win. So nobody actually gets a victory that deserves it. Just Kate. No, no. And that and that is that is my ultimate 
biggest, I recognize the two steps forward, one steps back nature of Zack Snyder that, that does have value to it in its, in its infuriating aspects, but ultimately why I think army of the dead ends up being bullshit is because of that. Yeah. So, okay. Because it, it thinks it is subverting. It thinks it's doing the game of Thrones, red wedding, death of Ned Stark. Sorry, spoilers, everybody. Um, death of Ned Stark thing where it's going to be like, you would never expect that character to die. And it, it mm-hmm. thinks it's subverting that and in, in therefore giving you something edgy and new when in fact it's just a slasher. It's just body count. Right. Like there's no more significance to it than body count actually. And the way that the characters die is like, but the way they die has to be satisfying for that to be an act of subversion mm-hmm. instead of you just like taking pieces off the board. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't have the, the pin thing with where, what, all the things that we tacked onto the sea monkey board, but I will say yeah. friends, if we didn't say that it was, it followed through, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> a lot and, of plants, not a lot of payoff. And so this will, this will in our supersized episode that we're doing here, take us into the, what was this movie really about section? But first we do have a word from our sponsors and Jason, are you ready to tackle it with me? Oh, I am ready. All right. Well, yes, let's go. Folks, do you love movies? The good ones, even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki might be the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their lives to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts saluting the brave of us who go to the movies by themselves to comfy sweatshirts and aprons commemorating historic events like the night Florence Pugh made marmalade. They even carry enamel pins of some of your favorite directors like Hayao Miyazaki and Guillermo del Toro. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to your favorite movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly 100% water-based inks and ships using compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code DISASTERDIVA, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch, let's watch more movies. Let's watch more movies! I keep trying to do the. I I I keep wanting that last part to be in unison because I think it's it's a nice call to action. To okay, just we'll we'll join do in. that next time. Me and Amanda. Next time, I think yeah, all three of us just fucking yeah. scream it. I think I that's fucking a great love idea. Super, super Yaki. I just I gave uh, my girlfriend, my lovely girlfriend Anna. I just gave her uh, a bunch of uh, Brendan Fraser stuff from Fra- Fraser February, whatever they called it. Yep. Uh, they have a way of months. really making it essential that you get seven things at a time. Yes. I bought. So many things, including a DuJour concert tee from their last thing. I, I do not regret it. I just bought a sec- a replacement pink simple favor should have won an Oscar tee because I got sauce on the first one that will not mm. wash out. And I was like, I can't not have this. I yeah. need. So I bought a too large uh, that was left on sale that I'm going to make into a crop top, Sam. Love it. Here Honestly, for it. though, big mistake by Super Yaki making a shirt that uh, you could spill something on. Yeah. <laughs> really designed flaw. They, they should have looked in that. Okay, so Sam, that brings us to what this movie is really about, and I think I'm going to start. Okay. I think that this movie is really about visibility is not representation. Girl. And that, like, this movie is visibility without representation, and I you, think that is a persistent 
issue. Uh, it's my persistent issue with being able to really sink my teeth into Zack Snyder films, which I absolutely love. Big blockbuster fare. I am one of the. I'm, I feel like I'm one of the last people anybody could classify as a snob about movies. But I feel like I I do see him making these attempts. I do see the good faith he operates in. I do see the the spirit of progress. Mm-hmm. I feel like and, and wanting there to be more depth and substance to blockbuster fare than I think um, a lot of people perceive there to be. But simply presenting a thing is not elucidating it and making a point about it and taking like a real interesting stance about it. So in sort of a a holistic way, visibility of discourse is not representation of discourse. Visibility of diversity is not representation of diversity. So that for me is what Army of the Dead is really about. You know how I feel about that? I'm a part of a documentary where that is literally the entire fourth episode. Yes. But we'll get there someday. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that uh, inclusion without authentic representation is a, is a big problem right now in film. Yeah. Um, for me. Particularly uh, at this level of budget. Like that's a big struggle level. To, yes. to, you know, like, to, you know, absolutely to concede where to filmmakers where it, that is so hard to get those those green lights. That is so hard yes. to get people to coast. Like, I understand that. I do understand that. But yes. that is it is a fucking problem. So to me, this movie is unfortunately about how heteronormativity is more valuable than anything else. It is. So when you look at the motivations of everything that is like that the movie thinks is heroic, um, zombie pregnancy, and then that's the motivation for going after and killing everybody or the mother, the father daughter relationship or rekindling things with an ex woman Mm -hmm. figure in your life. I don't know, whatever. All these stuff. Every time the movie hits pause on mm-hmm. on the thrilling parts it's, you're right it does it like it really deliberately it, hits pause it, it it completely pauses everything for its heteronormative moments all of the moments where it's all about i guess like what we traditionally think of as being i i, I guess what makes life valuable but in right. this movie because the characters don't earn it and because it's so not actually what is valuable about life yeah. that it's like or or like to the point of prioritizing over the value of others lives over yeah. the value of diverse characters lives mm-hmm. that's the problem it's not that look pregnancy that's cool if you want a yeah. baby that's great you right. know what if you want to get back with your ex-girlfriend i'm here for it but like don't do it at the expense of the one lesbian character I'm right. not into that. Don't do that at the expense of fucking all the women that had to die along the way so that you yeah. could be a man. I don't want that. That's want the that. problem. It's it's not that it exists. It's that mm-hmm. it takes priority. And in this movie, exactly. heteronormativity takes priority. It is worth the expenditure of life mm-hmm. to exist. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think like, and again, that is the, for if you're operating within the large budget um, s- stratosphere, yeah, there are there are so many limits within which you can work. Yep. But like, it's if it, it's if you're going to have, if you're going to end up with an entire board of Chekhov's sea monkeys, mm-hmm. then you need to either streamline your concepts, elucidate fewer of them more fully. I don't know, but like, I want Somewhere... more because you know what, Zach? I think you've got more. I yes. think you. I, I would like give to me, give me give me more. more. Give me give me more. Give and me more. Somewhere Chekhov is rolling in his grave at this movie. <laughs> and it, it's probably because it's raining and that's going to happen for a couple hours after every rain. Right, right. Um, if there's a sequel of this, we better get fucking reanimated dehydrated zombies. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm keeping track of this board, Zach, for for Army of the Dead 2. Zach, we got your name on this board. Yeah. Big, okay. big Carrie Matheson yard chart board. Yeah. So then would you dreamcast this movie any differently, Sam? Yeah, I would put um, Michelle Rodriguez and Ruby Rose in it too. Oh God! I just yeah. just give me all of the badass queer women I've ever seen fight anything. I just anything. want them. But no, honestly, you're so right. 
other than I mean, but but truly the cast was so good that yeah. like the problem isn't really the cat like because no. I I just I love them all. They were just underutilized. So yeah, mm-hmm. I would just say get those two ladies in here. Yeah, I completely agree. Actually, I, I think I I, I, I co sign that entirely. Just add <laughs> like Heidi Moneymaker, um, yeah. Michelle Rodriguez, Ruby Rose. Fucking put uh-huh. Michelle Yo in here. Give me the Expendables. Yes. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> and just like make them a make them make their give me a counterinsurgency team of all of them. Where like fine, add a conflict. It's the zombies and it's the other recon team in there. Totally. Just so like I can see all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds great. Yeah, just more, more really of more, like, more Army of the Dead. I will say, I was really. I was just gonna say on that note, it is crazy. He almost always has a really good cast. Like in yeah. every movie he makes, the cast well, is always amazing, even and, when completely underutilized. And near as I can tell, people love to work with this man. Yes. People seem to I've love to work with him. They say with great things about mm-hmm. him. Yeah. They, they ride for this man. Like, and I, and I appreciate that. I am grateful for that, which is why I do not write this person off. Exactly. You know? that, that's the thing. I don't like most of his movies, but yeah. I really appreciate Zack Snyder because the people who I've talked to who have worked with him and the people, you know, actors who do public publicity yeah. and talk about him stuff, I've never heard anyone say a single like unkind thing toward him or even imply any any no. unkindness you know people talk about michael bay a lot where they will like imply certain things yeah there's a lot like of a, big time directors there's like a hedging yeah, like, around I, talking about the director yeah but people seem to have like a warm joyful things about Zack snyder and that fucking matters and Zack snyder like you know made an extended cut at joss whedon and i love that Fuck joss <laughs> yeah. whedon you know what i mean like let a good guy win for once great I yeah. mean, yeah. as far as we know. Yeah, as yeah, far as, as, we, far know. as we know. And, and it he, seems like I love that. Stake that vampire. Totally. Yeah, and he he's he has endured some hor- horrific tragedy in his life. Yeah. And he has tried to make good on that by, like, pr- like promoting causes of mental health awareness mm-hmm. and, like, suicide prevention. Like, he he walks the walk in, in taking terrible things that has happened to him and trying to do better by others. And that is why, like, when I say I want more from Zack Snyder, I think he is a person who can do more. I agree. I think so, too. I wouldn't I wouldn't get so, frustrated by somebody I thought was... Com- I don't get frustrated at a Michael Bay movie for not delivering in these ways, because what the fuck would you expect? Absolutely not. Yes. We're Zach- not taking any steps forward. We're standing fucking still in a Michael Bay movie, but we're having a good time. I see the moves forward, and I'm like, oh, but can you just go a little farther, a little faster? I have one request for Zach. Yes. Zach, Zach, in the sequel, will you please cast Katie Cassidy as Kate and just don't explain it? And just don't explain it. That's it. That's just all I want. Just don't explain it. That's all I want. And let her be a lesbian. Oh, I love that. And let her be a lesbian. Let Kate yeah. be a lesbian. Yeah, just let it go. Yeah. Let, just let her be her. Now. Come on. And so then what, how many out of five towering infernos would you give this movie, Sam? Oh, that's tough. You first. You first. Ugh, I feel so conflicted about this too because I... It rides the high of its opening. I, I can't. Three. Okay, I'm going to give it three. Because okay. if I give it two, that means don't watch it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It means it tried, it did, but it failed. Yeah. I think this movie, the things that it's successful about, I actually think people should watch it. If they I, like, I, I if you too. like zombie movies, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. I just don't, it doesn't get in the realm of good, but it is, it is, it, the things that work, work, that which makes it watchable, three stars. The version that I'm going to cut, where I cut all the heteronormative bullshit out, and yeah. it's 30 minutes shorter, the Sam Wyman cut of this. Five and That I'm absolutely going to leak online. Yeah. <laughs> five out of five. And I'm going to put a gunshot sound at the end so we know Kate's dead. That's it. 
Yeah, they're good. Good, good, good. That'll be five. I'm going to go two and a half. I'm going to go two and a half. Okay. The, the, the persistent paternalism, it just can't get it to a level of three <sighs> for me. But I, yeah. it puts it dead center in okay. the ratings to where it's like, you know what? I'm not, I'm, it's not a vote against, but it's not a vote for, but yes. I, I hope, I hope people engage with it to each their own. Yeah. I like that. That's fair. And realistically engage with it. People come the fuck on. Like he's not, a, he's not a person who can do no wrong. He's never been canceled. He's not canceled. Stop acting like he's canceled or anyone tried to cancel him. He is yeah. thriving. He is making extremely expensive movies for very big companies. Zack Snyder's doing great. Um, don't Friends, worry. He's not an underdog. It's okay to ask super rich white men to do better. It's okay. Cause they're going to keep making movies. So okay. And they'll be better. And they'll that's be better. Okay. Like, get, okay. like, imagine that they get better and then we're all better for it. Love it. Zach, so we got, we, we believe in you. I believe in you. I believe thank, in you. Thank Despite you for listening today. The tenor to this of, feedback. Yeah. Like, thank you for tuning in once again, Zach, to disaster girls as we I appreciate do. it. Um, so that brings us now to the sign-offs. I guess I will do the uh, Amanda thing where I say you can find us on disaster underscore pod uh, on Twitter and uh, disastergirls at gmail.com. Disastergirlspod at gmail.com. Disastergirlspod at gmail.com. You think I would have had that internalized by now? <laughs> um, and then you can find me on Twitter at jorcrew, J-O-R-C-R-U. Sam, where can we find you? If you would like to find this fake disaster girl, yes. you can go to at Sam Weinman on Twitter or Instagram. And you can also listen to a podcast that I make with Jordan called Ots Tyrion, where we explore yes. millennium era horror, just like Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, week after week. And actually, our season two premiere is just in sight. Yes, it's we're going to we're going to drop on Pride Month, friends. Yep. Coming we're up back. in June. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're going to fly that flag and buy those Oreos or whatever they're selling. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we're going to go to that branded Wells Fargo ATM. Yeah, we can't wait to get sold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. And Jason, how about you? And you can find me at Jason Halftones on Twitter and Instagram. You can go to thatmightbecool.com for more great podcasts like the Lord of the Rings sentence, which is still somehow trucking on where Chad Oliver reads the Lord of the Rings one sentence at a time uh, with a different guest every sentence. Um, and I've told him that I will only produce the podcast if he finishes the trilogy. So that's uh, that's where we're at. It's a sentence and it's a sentence. Um, so so that now Jason is in the longest for sure committed relationship um that anyone's ever had ever. Oh my Truly. God. It's it's, wow. it's 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 a wild endeavor. Um there's there's some strategy behind it, but it's also just fun for me to watch someone uh, uh, with that level of obligation. Um, <laughs> uh, but I did also want to say we've gotten a couple of uh, new reviews on the old iTunes oh, okay. uh, in the last week. And so I just wanted to shout those wow. out because they're both pretty pretty quick. Great. Um, First one comes from Ed Harris, 1178. Um, I hope that's actual Ed Harris. That'd be nice. Uh, There's a five-star review, which says, Wonderfully Fun Show is the title, and uh, the description keeps it pretty simple. One of the best movie podcasts going today. Well, thank you. I'm going to agree with that. You should listen to Disaster Girls. You should listen to Otsterion, too. Very, very sweet. You know, the really just the, the quality content everyone craves. Uh, and the next one comes from Warfrat92 on Apple oh. Podcasts. Um, another five-star rating, uh, which is very nice. And the title is as simple as ever. The title is Great Podcast. Um, Going to have to agree with you, friend. Thank you. Thank easy, you. Easy agreement. Uh, the, just the, the body of this is uh, love this podcast with a bunch of exclamation points. I've always had a fascination with natural disasters, and I have a fondness for disaster movies, parentheses, especially B-movies. 
(laughs) and insightful discussions with great hosts. Love hearing high quality content led by incredibly smart and funny women. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Thank you so Um, much for being here with us, Sam. Amanda, I hope you make it out of Vegas alive. Yes. (laughs) We're rooting for Amanda to make it out of Vegas alive. So Amanda, we're pulling for you out here. And then right. uh, we will sort out with we will sort out on the fly what we're going to do next week. So keep uh, keep on standby for just be like surprise. spontaneity, guys. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. That might be cool. Dot com. You never know.